Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Passions Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the soap opera Passions. I am your regular host, Latara Beck, with one of my favorite guests. Y'all know he's probably one of my favorites because you see him all the time. Dr. Eric Vera is in the house. Hello, hello. It is always so good to be back. Um, I had fun listening over the break and New Year, same passions, right? New Year, same fucking passions. I mean, honestly, nothing has changed. (laughs) No, No. that's not true. That's not true, actually. I will say that I am starting to have some weird feelings about Teresa that I don't like. Yeah. And I think I said something about it last week where I was just like, oh my God, this girl is driving me crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy because I used to stand Teresa, but I also was like 12. So yeah. <laughs> like, now I guess I'm seeing it through my grown up adult eyes and I was fighting it for a long time. But yeah. yo, no. last week and this week, it's just like, girl. That is going to cause us some problems. Yeah. Get, get a grip. Good God, yeah. girl. Um, but yes, so happy to see you back here, 2024, yeah. Eric. Thank you for being here. We're going to start with, um, I'm sorry, this week we watched episodes 586 through 590, correct? That's, That's what I correct. Watched, anyway. Um, and uh, before we get into everything, I want to say quick shout out to all of the Patreons over Lord Jesus. Quick shout out to all the patrons over on Patreon. Thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Freeland, Lisa, Sid, Sarana, Randall, Hannah, Camelia, Samantha, Jeanette, Eric, Fantasia, Sean, S, Larissa, Maria, George Lopez, Fitzgerald, Lisa, Jessica, Jean, Laura, Karen, Uche, and Justin. Thank you all so much. We love you, patrons. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, patrons, and we'll be true. I love you. Thank you all for being patrons. Um, remember, if anybody who has not become a patron yet would like to, go on over to patreon.com slash passionspodcast and sign up for whatever tier you find most agreeable. There's also a free tier. All right. So with that, thank you, patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to move on because, yo, we got a action-packed episode this week i got a lot to say about grace i got a lot to say about uh teresa i have a lot to say about pilar and i actually even though we had very little in magic this week i have a ton to say about k <laughs> oh, yeah. speaking of somebody going on a certain trajectory k is right there with teresa so let's start with magic this week we have just like literally i cut the notes in half because I only have this much. So I cut the top of the page off. Yeah. Um, so, Ooh, but speaking of magic, I thought I'd bring a little magic into our new year. Does that sound fun? Yes, actually, I almost completely forgot that we were going to do this. Not it has a special so treat for worried. us. Y'all, so I looked into my crystal uh, bowl, I guess, or my water bowl. Um, over the break, I just kind of kept watching Passions. I usually like to watch with the podcast, but I was just kind of, it kind of just starts to rev up at some point. And so I kind of dipped into the future. And with that said, I thought we'd have a little tarot reading, tarot cards. Uh, I am not a very good reader of these. I used to play uh, or read them. I shouldn't say play, but I used to read them when I was a kid. And so I'm very, very rusty. But these ones are actually Golden Girl uh, tarot cards for those of you who have 
see. Um, so I thought we'd have a little reading. This is all bullshit, by the way, but we're going to have fun. Not that tarot reading is bullshit. I <laughs> and I'm not going to do very well. Um, also know that I did go to the store yesterday to try and find some Cleckley bracelets so that I could do the official sounds, um, give you some passions, ASMR, um, but that was not an option yesterday. So what is the first thing that we can predict for passions coming up you guessed it if you are not that so raven it is pain and suffering will come to all the citizens of harmony uh, that is a straight up first thing that you can definitely know is coming our way um ooh, we got the devil card as played by blanche Devereaux. but in passions this is oddly going to be a new side of teresita that we haven't seen before and also someone you might not guess mrs charity standish in a way so prepare for that oh the empress which indicates a new man is coming into grace's life again <laughs> And for those of you who can't see Latara, she already knows what is coming her way too. I don't know if she's the Tabitha to my Hecuba or vice versa, but we are seeing much pain and suffering in her eyes as well. Um, oh, the death card, which not always indicates death, but in this case it does, as death comes for one of Harmony's citizens. And a who done it? will ensue afterwards. Dun, dun, dun. And then finally, on the softer side, the Four of Wands, someone's Christmas wish will come true. You've already made it to Christmas? Yeah, I know. That's how fast I was. Because I was watching these episodes going, we're in Halloween? I was like, how much did I watch? Yeah, we're in Halloween. Well... <laughs> I'm very excited for all that is to come in harmony. But uh, I mean, honestly, future. you really could just throw a dart at the wall and know that pain and suffering is coming because we say it every episode. I knew immediately that that was like going to be the first thing that you pulled out was pain Not and prediction. suffering. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So that's a great segue into magic. So let's talk about it. So Miguel and Charity are walking around this park. I think it's Lighthouse Park, maybe. Mm -hmm. And he's saying to her, I can't wait to get married or get engaged on your 18th birthday, which is coming up, apparently. Yeah. These kids are all 18 now, all of a sudden, yeah. out of the clear blue sky, but fine. Yeah. Um, so her 18th birthday is coming up. And he's saying, we're definitely going to get engaged. I'm definitely going to propose to you. He's like, way to ruin the surprise. Yeah. Um, but also, at the same time, Tabitha and Timmy are walking through the park because she needs to go pick up some things from the store for their, like, Halloween celebrations, right? Yeah. And she sees Charity and Miguel, so she decides to, of course, spy on them and, like, listen in on what they're talking about. And then, of course, like, fill us in on the things that we already know. But if you hadn't, if you had missed the episodes before, you know, she's like, Kay has turned evil because she thinks she's, a, she feels like she's a bastard now. And like, she's going to be the one to push these two over the edge. So they yeah. do, you know, they do the same recap they always do. But Kay and Simone also come to the park. Mm -hmm. um, and they do this after something happens. <laughs> 
they do this after something happens at K. Well, at not Kay's house. Whose house is that? Tabitha's house. Yeah. At Tabitha's house between David and Grace, which we will get to. But Kay has been upset. She's and she has this. Um, she understands and believes now that there's no reason to be good. Good gets you nowhere, right? Yeah. And Simone has been saying to her, you're just using this as an excuse to be bad. Like, you just want to be bad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I wrote that down. Uh, she quoted the great Willa Ford and said, I, I want to be bad. You make that look so good. Do you remember that damn song? I remember that song, but how the hell do you know who sang it? <laughs> because the song was so bad that it was so good um and i remember hearing it uh back in the day um with all of that it was so funny you know what song is so bad but so good and i saw there's these two people on tiktok who do like if i if we were such and such as background singers and they do like yeah things, like, oh those are great have you seen that they did the paris hilton even though the stars are crazy oh yeah even though the gods are blind <laughs> i and i cracked up because Back in the day, I remember Par they were like, Paris Hilton is coming out with a new song. I was like, ugh, that's lame. And I lime-wired it. Like, I was like, let's see what this is about. And lime -wire. I lime-wired it, ironically. I mean, it was completely ironic. For yeah. Me. Like, I was like, this is, you know, I was trying to be shitty about it. Yeah. And I ended up loving that song. I remember loving that song. I used to play the fuck out of that shit. Yeah. And yeah, it's not a great song, but. No. I this is like, like yeah. I, I want to be bad. I want to be bad. I, I want to be bad. <laughs> Kay said, it's, it, you make that look so good. I have to make a TikTok with that sound with Kay. I have to. Oh, yes. Oh. Or if anybody wants to make it for me, please. <laughs> like, if anybody wants to just, like, do a super cut of Kay. Yeah. And, like, just, you know, you know how people do those cuts and have the yeah. songs in the background. Get Please make a, an original uh, music video of I, I want to be bad with Kay. Yes. Please do that for me. All right. So anyway, yeah. Kay's saying she's going to be bad because there's no reason to be good. Because yeah. goody two goody goodies only get bad things happen. Only bad things happen to good people. Look at, and she cites you know um, Sheridan and Louise. Look, they they've been good and they've never hurt anybody. And Sheridan's dead. Yeah, she's she's like even poor Mrs. Lopez Fitzgerald. Like she brings up. Lauren is like, you know, her husband's missing and, you know, all of this stuff. Like, nobody's happy in there. Um, and I love this because also I was going to um, say that Tabitha and Timmy are watching Kay, um, Miguel and Charity make out. And Tim Tabitha's like, ew, there she is being kissy, kissy with Miguel. And Timmy's like, ew. So that was cute and stuff. So there's a lot going on. And Tabitha's like, you know what? I got to help Kay, which I love this. I love the storyline of like Tabitha egging her on and like manipulating her and helping her get to the evil side. 100%. So uh, Tabitha sees Kay and of course she knows what's going on. So she goes over to literally, she says, well, not literally, but it's figuratively. Yeah. Stoke the flames, right? She's going to fan yeah. the flames of Kay's evil and, and make it burst forth, right? Mm -hmm. And so... She goes over to Kay and Simone and she's, she says, oh, I couldn't help but uh, overhear what you girls were talking about. And it is true that pain and suffering has broken up so many happy couples here in Harmony. But there is at least one happy couple here in Harmony. And they said, I think they said. Oh, oh I wrote it down. Yes, okay, it is so it. good because they're they're kind of thinking it over. And Simone goes, 
Ben and George who own the antique store. And it's <laughs> a drive-by joke. And even Kay's like, huh, yeah. Yeah. And it was so <laughs> cute, actually. I, I actually really loved it because they were all like, yeah, that them. And, yeah. then, <laughs> and then Toby's like, yes, yeah, sure, them, but also. Yeah. Cavity and Miguel, and here they are. It is out. so funny. I I like to think that it's canon that Tabitha has to break up all the couples in harmony, but not the gay ones. She's like, they have enough going on. Like, let, let Ben and George uh, run their antique store. They're good. They, listen, <laughs> they've got enough things trying to break them up already, right? <laughs> Tabitha doesn't need to focus on them. Even she's like, you know what? That's not my business. Tabitha said, yeah. Tabitha said, gay rights in 2001, 2002. Gay rights now, gay rights forever. Yeah. But none of you straight. None of <laughs> I'm none coming you for you straights. straights. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. Okay. It's Cute runoff funny. joke. Yeah. Okay. So, um, she says, yes, Charity and Miguel are the one happy couple in town. They're, and so she directs Kay's attention over to Charity and Miguel. Yeah. Kay is disgusted at the sight of Charity oh, and Miguel yeah. kissing. Uh, Simone tries to talk her out of her little plan, uh, as she always does. You know, She's like, it's wrong to try and seduce Miguel and have his baby. Girl, either get on board or go home at yeah. this point. I, I'm sorry. But, but also, again, I, I love Simone, but like she's friends with Charity also. Like, when do you, I mean, I know you have loyalty to your best friend, but like, when do you say, you know what, I gotta tell Charity, your cousin's coming for your man. Like, just, Simone it's annoying. Simone has yeah. to either get on board or yeah. get the hell on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and you know what? That's how I feel about um, Whitney, too. And Whitney, guess what Whitney did? She got on board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the shit. You know, not my life. Yeah, I, I, I think everyone needs a Whitney in their life, and, and she's really good at it. Yeah, so um, Kay won't hear any of it, obviously. Um, Tabitha fans of Flames more... Kay, Kay asks Tabitha to stock up on some tissues at the store. We're really going to need them. I guess that's like alluding to the fact that Charity's going to be crying a lot because yeah. she's going to steal Miguel, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. And and Case again, reiterates that being good hasn't gotten her anything. She specifically says the best she's gotten by being good was a cold sore from Reese who caught her off guard when they kissed, which I thought was funny. Um, and then Tabitha kind of like walks away from him a little bit and talks to Tim and is like, okay, is not going to rest on she until she gets preggers, which I never heard the word preggers. Like, yeah, well, I heard it, but I've heard it now, but I never thought that it was that long ago that we were using the word preggers, particularly Haley Mills, <laughs> or I'm sorry, Juliet Mills. Juliet Mills. I, it's funny you bring that up because, and I wasn't going to say anything about this, but when she said preggers, it unlocked a memory for me where I was at Walmart, like visiting home. This is years ago. I think I might've been in college and like undergrad. So like 2009, 2008, 2009. And I saw one of like my classmates from high school and she had had a baby when we were in high school. Yeah. And 
I think she had already, she had another baby. Now, mind you, again, at this point, I'm like, we're 20 years old. Yeah. 21. So she comes up to me and I'm talking to her and she goes, she, I look down and I realize she's pregnant. Yeah. And she, and I didn't want to say anything about it. So I didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything, but I was so shocked. Right. Yeah. And she says something like, yeah, I can't do blah, blah, blah. That those kinds of things starts rubbing her belly, you know, obviously and rubs her yeah. belly. And I looked down and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you're preggers. I said it just like that. I couldn't. <laughs> My best friend at the time was standing there with me and she started crying laughing because we were both so shocked and i was just like i gotta get yeah. out of here <laughs> I, felt so bad. I felt so bad yeah. i felt so Aww. bad I, because it's like I, at the time i was like jesus christ i'm 20 20 years old i can't imagine having three children yeah two kids already i'm getting pregnant and being pregnant again oh my god yeah it wasn't anything like she's horrible for getting pregnant it was like no, it's How just, is she possibly doing this? It's a different, yeah, it's a very different situation than yours. So, of course, yeah, I, especially that age, I'd be like, my God, that's a lot. And then it was funny because I said something to my grandma. I went home and said something to my grandma about it. And she was like, yeah, by your, by the time I was 21, I had four kids. And I was like, Ugh, yeah. Can you imagine? Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, it's a very different world than I'm. I'm 35, yeah. and I would still, if I got pregnant right now, I feel like I, I was a teen mom. Like, I, yeah. you know what I mean? I, feel, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, she's she's trying to get preggers. Um, yeah. And Tabitha's going to stop at nothing to help, which includes her coming up with an idea that she needs to get into Hecuba's lair in order to get some ingredients to help um, Kay on her mission to destroy Charity and Miguel's relationship. Yes. Yes. I, I We also should know, because I want to move on with where T Tabitha goes. Yeah. Uh, we also should know that Miguel and Charity have a little conversation, which Kay and Simone are listening on. Yeah. Like they they go over and they eavesdrop. Um, and Miguel says, you know, in some cultures, <laughs> once you're engaged, it's okay to make love. Do you think we should make love once we're engaged? And Charity is like, I mean, I know that in some cultures that's true, but um, I'm not sure we should. How about this? What if we just get engaged and just decide afterwards? I was like, yeah, I mean, what a weird... Miguel's a weirdo. Oh, it, it really upset me. And I was like, listen here, you little Catholic boy. Your mom ain't gonna put up with this shit. I also hate this double standard that we have for the men of the Lopez Fitzgerald family versus Teresa's virginal protection that we're supposed to take care of. Like, I, yeah. I, I, Pilar needs to go up to Miguel and Charity and tell them to leave a little room for the Holy Ghost. That yeah. is my, um, if I were Tabitha and I was sitting there going be evil, I'd be going up to Pilar every day and be like, I feel like those two are going to fornicate Pilar. You <laughs> need to go check on them. Like, that's the easiest way to get them separated. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. But, <laughs> also, but nobody gave me any special powers. <laughs> also, the fact that he was like, you know, in some cultures, yeah, in some cultures, but not yours. Not yours. <laughs> yes. What's the, why are you saying that? In some yeah. cultures, okay, well, in some cultures, it's it's okay to do a lot of things. Is that yeah. what you should do then? No. Yeah. What are you talking was, about? It's funny because it did sound kind of skeezy. I was like, "This is come on, man!" And his and the way he had his hair this week made yeah. him look even more sketchy. Like he Which, just they had him like greased back, and it's like he looks cute. Don't get me wrong, 
but it was definitely like a fuckboy type hairstyle. Yeah. Like which it, I was gonna say, but, which by the way, uh just got out of just kind of the blue. Um I don't know if Jesse Metcalf made his way into your TikTok or Twitter, but he showed up on mine and people were just I think he like had like a reunion with Eva Longoria or something, or like they were just talking about with each other and people were posting pictures and they were like, oh my God, it's Miguel from Passions, Miguel from Passions. And people were remembering him as Miguel or John Tucker. Uh, a lot of people remember him from John Tucker must have died, yeah. but um, he looks exactly the same. He looks exactly the same. It's crazy. I remember he was on um, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, and I was yeah. Like, he looks he looks good. Yeah. But he's not that old or anything. He's yeah, probably, that's true. Yeah. He's probably just like, five years older than me yeah. he's probably like 40 40 yeah. what's your yeah. guess how old do you think he is i think he's 42 yeah i would think the same i'm gonna look it up because he had to have been older than us and then uh, back then so but yeah 45 he's 45, 45. He's 10 years well he looks fantastic yeah, i he hope i hope he gets a renaissance i'm always rooting for passions alumni and I well hope you know he's in like you. he's in like a uh, hallmark movies and stuff I've seen yes him in i noticed movies. that speaking yeah, of yeah. um uh at the golden globe somebody mistook uh fox who we don't know yet but we all know from this is us just hardly they called him the they they identified um an actor that was not him and it was all over the internet too people and and the hashtag pretty much was like uh see sometimes white people get mistaken for <laughs> other white people i did uh, not so see look, that yeah i forget what actor it was but it was very funny and he gave the actor gave a shout out to justin hartley he was like i guess we, you know i guess we do look like each other there is a group of women who to me look exactly the same <laughs> i have you ever seen um have you ever seen uh, sugar and spice about the mm -hmm. teenage pregnant. Oh yeah, leave yeah. it alone. It's a fungus. I I used to love that movie, <laughs> but that girl, the blonde girl who was the pregnant yeah. girl, I can't. Is her? Is she Mira? Mina. So Mira Sorvino is the redhead in that movie. Okay. Well, the, the, that blonde, to me, she looks like four other different women. And I one night I was like, oh, that's the lady from um sugar and spice i was watching something yeah and then i looked her up and i was like oh wait that's not her at all and then i looked up the woman in sugar and spice and i was like wait a minute wasn't she in this thing and then yeah. i looked that lady up and i was like wait a minute there's four or five different yes. women who look exactly the same marley marley shelton is who you're thinking about right and I, she yeah. was in, she was in that uh she was in the new scream movies uh scream four and the next the scream five after that um, and I, I think I know who you're thinking about too. Um, are you? Hold on, let me see if I'm right. Well, um, okay, yeah. I know where. I know this is a tangent, but we, it's okay. I can. That's what the editing software is for. Also, yes, I need to open some tissue. Give me a second. Are you thinking about Heather Graham? Yes, I'm thinking about <laughs> Heather Graham. <laughs> Heather Graham, but also the girl who plays. Um, uh, in some angles, they she looks like them too. Who plays in? Um, once upon a time who plays emma in okay. once upon a time her too they all yeah. look alike to me i i just i cannot distinguish them yeah. um and there's one other one but and there was a movie i was watching it was the oh the movie is was a christmas movie it had brandy in it it was like best christmas ever what's that yeah. lady's name jennifer morrison is from uh is from once upon a time that's christmas emma ever. swan yeah. Oh, Heather Graham is the one who's in Best Christmas Ever. So yeah, yeah. They they look they all look so much alike to me. 
and it's just them, you know. I, yeah. I don't know. It's but anyway, I digress. Yeah. Yes, that was quite the tangent, but I loved it. Thank you for Good. going on such a, yeah. a ride. Well, ride. I I like when passions people come up in the news or like they come up on my feed, so that's always exciting to see them <laughs> out there still doing stuff. I'm I'm always rooting for them. Yeah, agreed. All right, so back to the show. <laughs> um, so Timmy and Tabitha are scheming to get back into Hecuba's lair. She's like, how can we get back in there? Timmy doesn't want to go. He's like, why don't we go back to the Crane Mansion? Like, if Julian catches me this time, there's no way he's going to let me go, right? Yeah. And uh, so she's like, I know what we can do. We have to ask the forces. Yes. (laughs) We have to ask the forces. So they're walking on the wharf, and she just, like, drops to her knees and implores the forces, and I, she says to them, what she say? Make me invisible, as small as bait. Just get me onto the crane estate. And uh, that's when Rebecca trips over her. This is not even that important, but Rebecca, yeah. Rebecca trips over her, and Rebecca's carrying a box of invitations for a wedding, which we will talk about. Yeah. And the wedding is tomorrow. And yes. Tabitha swipes one of the one of the invitations, and that's gonna yes. be her ticket onto the Crane Estate tomorrow. So the so the forces were listening. She says that she's like, Timmy, are you crazy? Because Timmy was like, see, it didn't work. And yeah. She's like, oh, oh, it didn't. And she pulls out that invitation. Yeah. Timmy says all it did was get Tabitha run over by a crazy rich lady. Um, Julian sees Timmy animated again and tries to get Rebecca to look, but it doesn't happen. And that's the cute little bit. But you know, anytime Passions characters who are not really supposed to be in the same world with each other like a rebecca and a tabitha i love things like that and when she slammed into her she slammed into her yeah so, but she finds she gets a wedding and she'll be able to use that invitation to get onto the crane estate yeah so um also at one point it should be noted because this was one of my favorite p- moments in the week uh, timmy and tabitha are talking to each other outside of the book cafe yeah. And Father Lonigan comes walking down the like down the sidewalk and he's like, I can sense you evil. I know you are there, but I don't have time for you today. Yeah. <laughs> and, because, says, and I'm like, yes, you do have time. You're only says, going Yeah. And he says, but one day we will do battle. Yeah. Battle. <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. Yeah. And then it doesn't, nothing manifests from that. Tabitha didn't even comment about it. She's just like, okay. She's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Freeze. I got a party to go to. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just loved that though. That and, just randomly he's walking down the sidewalk. Yeah. He's like, I sense you, evil. Yeah. And someday we will do battle. But I'm busy today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but today and he's, and is he's not, not that day. Yeah, he's not busy. He's gonna go over to Pilar's house. Like, yeah, he's gonna go to Pilar's now. House. He's gonna go to Pilar's <laughs> house where he's gonna just tell Teresa that he can't marry her, which he already told her yes. yesterday. Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> His Why priorities are, here? are different. Okay, so that's pretty much it for magic. You have anything yeah. to add? No, it was it was very small and sweet this week. So there'll okay. be a lot more magic coming in down the pike. That's for sure. I am. I'm very excited to see it. So. Let's talk about these troubled marriages. Specifically, we're going to talk about David and Grace and Sam's whole thing because the Ivy and Julian and all of that's mixed up with Teresa now. So we'll do that separately. Um, So we pick up and David has kissed Grace. It's kissing Grace in the kitchen. and And Grace is like into it. 
Yeah, so that my understanding is he's like, I have a way that can help you, like, un, you know, like, you know, unblock some memories for you or bring some memories back. And she's like, what is it? And he goes in for a kiss. But yeah, it's really stupid. It's and very it stupid. makes me very angry. It, it upset me, honestly, because later on, and we will get to it and go a little bit more into detail, but later on, um, Grace says multiple times, I gave him permission to kiss me. I, I let him kiss me. I gave him permission to kiss me. No, you did not. Yeah. I, I went I, back. I went back to the episode before to make sure that I wasn't losing my fucking mind. This because... is why you are our guru of passions, because I was already going to ask you, like, I might've missed a little bit. And I was already like, did she say that? Cause I never heard her say, yes, you can kiss me. She just said, oh, I gave him permission, but I didn't hear it or see it. What happened was he says to her, I'll leave. I'll leave you alone if you can. There's one way you can prove to me that you don't care for me, yada, 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 that and I'll leave. And she says, well, what is it? And basically that that will make help me move on with my life. She says, yeah. what is it? And he steps in and he kisses her. That's it. Yeah. So no, she he did not give her permission, but she but she gave him. I think what she they're saying is that physically she did give him permission once that he once he was kissing and she gave into it and was like she was super into it. She dropped yeah. her towel. She was super into it, um, which upset me because girl Sam, oh my god, I know you got a man like Sam. And you let this random man out of fucking nowhere tear your marriage apart, your family apart. Yeah. With a man like Sam. Like, I, I could, frankly, frankly, I could see if it was like Hank. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, <laughs> if, if she was married to Hank. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's something. Maybe the grass is greener on the yeah. other side. But you got Sam. And yeah. he's telling you, you're the only woman I want, the only woman I love. Y'all already have kids together. He doesn't want Ivy. He's not fucking with that bitch anymore. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I will say, um, she she does say some things once she and Sam have a conversation. Yes. That I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have to give Grace a little bit of grace. On yes. So uh -huh. let's let's talk a little bit more about it. Yeah. So David and Grace are kissing in the kitchen. Simone and Kay are outside, and Kay is like wallowing in self-pity. I'm a bastard. Being good gets you nowhere. Look at me. I'm a bastard. Yeah. Um, and then Simone's like, well, Ethan's illegitimate. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I know. And she says Chad's illegitimate too, and I I don't love him any less. Yeah. It's like, uh, Simone, who wrote this? I, I guess, know. Um, she, but Kay does not hear it. She's like, it doesn't pay to be good. Look at all of the people who have played by the rules and what has it gotten them? And she cites Pilar's great misfortunes, the loss yeah. of her husband, the loss of her son, the, the Sheridan's death. She's like, not only is Pilar now getting all kinds of like retribution for things that she didn't do. Now yeah. her kids are suffering too. Yeah. Like, um, and so she. I mean, she's making some points. I mean, she's yeah. spitting. I, I yeah. can't. I can't take that from her. She's spitting no. straight fire. She's not entirely yeah. wrong. Um. So, then this is when um, 
she starts citing. She says, and look at my, my, my brother, my God, look at my dad, Sam. He's never done anything wrong to anyone. And now this David guy comes in to tear his family apart and steal his wife. My yeah. dad's like the greatest guy you I've ever known. Mm -hmm. And, um, she, Simone then tells her, okay, you're just looking for an excuse to be bad. Yeah. Um, which I think is, I think is partially true. Yeah. I think it's partially true, but I also feel like I feel like I understand where Kay is coming from. And yeah. Kay's like, no, this is really who I am, and this is what this is like my true new core belief. It is not an excuse. I my experiences and what I've seen around me has created this new core belief for me. And my new core belief is there's nothing wrong with being bad because at least you get what you want in the end. Yeah. I mean, I can't well, I and you're right. I mean, if she looks back on like her experiences with Hecuba, like if she would have followed through further or more, because her conscience was weighing on her, even though she didn't have a soul, she still was like begrudgingly like doing some things. Versus, had she gone full in, then maybe Charity be burning in the fires of hell right now, and she yeah. having to go. Has she been like constantly, really, truly been consequences? Consequences be damned. Yeah. Yeah, she. I think she might be with Miguel right now. Actually, yeah. honestly, if she had been like causes, consequences be damned early on, yeah, Charity would be dead. Charity yeah. would be truly dead. Yeah, and she also like if she only knew like Tabitha's out there helping her too, trying to kill Charity. Like she would have definitely gotten rid of her a long time ago. So yeah. I guess like in her mindset, yeah, you know what? I kept trying to like there was this core in me that made me want to be good because of my mom and like my religion and stuff but if i just go full throttle then maybe i will have miguel and and not a cold source from reese listen she's saying i gotta stop half-assing this shit. yeah i gotta stop half-ass i gotta go whole lot evil <laughs> i gotta go whole ass <laughs> so um, Simone says, well, what about your mom? Your mom is a good person and she would never let some guy come between your family, her family. Yeah. Um, she says, you should try to be more like her. And they open the door to the kitchen and there is Grace uh, being an adulteress. No, I'm not going to Yeah, that's not true. Because <laughs> technically she's technically... Yeah. allegedly she's married to this man so it's not adultery but yeah um yeah making out with this man after she's been explicit yeah. in her choice and yeah. said i'm choosing sam i don't want anything to do with david my life is with sam i mean yeah. if this had happened before last week i wouldn't have i would have had a little bit of problem with it but i wouldn't have nearly as big of a problem with it as i had yeah. this week because last week she had a conference a full-blown conversation with sam wherein she said i choose you pikachu yeah. you are mine I, I this is i'm with you david da david who i'm getting a divorce yes. i'm getting an annulment and now you're kissing him yeah no that and then also, like, I don't know, it, what happens is we're going to get a back and forth between Kay and Grace that drive, that that really upset me. Because I'm like, she's like, really trying to be like, you need to be respectful to this man. And it's like, no, she doesn't. You're kissing another man that's not her father. Yeah. She had the exact correct reaction to this. Kay blows up. She and, and she attacks, she goes after David first because she really believes that David is coming on to her, that, that there's no way this could happen. And Grace is like, I let him kiss me. As soon as she says that, 
Like, I would have taken her away privately. I would have had her... Like, there were other ways to handle this. Grace was really bad in this. And she's going to continue to say some shit that she probably should not have said. I don't get it. Yeah, Kay goes off. She's like, who the hell do you think you are to David? How dare you take advantage of my mom and you're forcing yourself on her. Grace says it's not what you think. It's all right. Kay, I let him kiss me. Yeah. And then Kay says to her, well, how could you do this to daddy? He loves you. He trusts you. Yeah. And then she calls David a bastard and is like, annoying. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> <laughs> she calls him a bastard. It's like, oh, it's funny coming from you. Pot, oh, yeah, meat right. kettle. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, okay. she says, she says he's destroying our family and Grace says, this is not David's fault. And she's just defending David. It's crazy. Yeah. Kesha is yelling at her. It's like, why are you, why are you um, defending him, mom? And that's when Sam comes running in saying, yeah. what the hell? What's all this yelling? What the hell's going on here? He grabs Kay and holds her because she's really upset as she should be. Kay yeah. is 100% justified. Yeah. Kay is 100% justified in this moment. Her emotions, the way she's feeling about it. Grace never should have let that happen. Yeah. Grace never should have let that happen. Her daughter should not have had to see, see that. Yeah. So the fact that he kissed her and she didn't immediately push away when they're in the middle of the kitchen yeah. at a time of the day when you know your kids are going to be coming home. Yeah. And again, for our audience people, this wasn't a kiss. To me, it was a full-on makeout session. <laughs> like, it was a long, passionate session. Yeah, and um, they were like rubbing each other. Like, yes, it know? was an embrace. It was, it was a lot. Like, yeah, I, I I was kept waiting for him to be like, Grace, don't you remember you used to rub your tongue on mine like you used to put honey on your teeth? <laughs> like he, I kept because he kept trying to be like it's gonna unlock something, and I and we're definitely gonna go down that route. Ugh, it's so annoying. So Grace, um, Grace. I love you, Grice. I can't do it. I can't do his <laughs> no, horrible good. accent. Um, so, the, uh, Kay is being comforted by her dad. She ex says, I saw, I saw mommy kissing David. I, I saw, saw mommy, mommy kissing, kissing David. David. Hastings. Hastings. <laughs> I couldn't remember the last name. Um, yeah, she saw mommy kissing David Hastings and And Sam does walk in. So yeah, he yeah. saw Yeah. It's what's funny is I'd love that at some point like Sam is really shocked by all of this. It's it's evident in in the actor's expression. As he should be. He literally yeah. just had a phone call with his wife today. <laughs> Let's be clear. That conversation, yes, we watched it last week, but it happened yeah. like thirty minutes yeah. ago in the span of the show. It happened like on his lunch break while he was at work. Yeah. And that was like the end of his work day. It happened like four, three hours ago. So he just had a conversation with her where she was like, I choose you. I'm divorcing David. I want nothing yeah. to do with him. I'm going to have the church annul our marriage. And then she kisses him. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, no. and Kay rightfully reports back and tells Sam what she saw. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that she also says, if you don't, if you don't believe me, ask Simone. She saw it. And Simone's standing there like, why am I in it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Simone's like, I mean, she did see it. I mean. She did. Yeah. And, and later on, some, and later on, Simone says to Kay, 
Like you, I can't believe you ratted your mom. Oh, I got mad at that. I'm like, Simone, come on. How would you not tell TC if Eve kissed somebody? Like, if please. She, yeah, yeah. You come don't on. know she. Oh my God, if Eve kissed somebody other than TC, oh, yeah, she would. Yeah. You, she would be yelling it from the rooftops. Yeah, having all kind of convulsions. No. Please, this dramatic Kay the, girl. Yeah, Kay did the right thing. I mean, I, I mean, maybe if you had a little bit more patience, somebody would have waited to tell Sam something. But like, it, it would it literally happened seconds before Sam walked in. Yeah. Like that kiss happened. Sam walks in almost right after Kay yeah. saw it. So there was no time for conversation. There yes, was no time no. for like girls keep this to yourself. Yeah, because also Kay wanted to see David's ass get beat. So she she was like, go, Dad. Yeah. Well, Grace says to Sam, we need to discuss this in private. And so Sam sends Kay and Simone away. Um, Kay storms out because she wants to stay, but she yeah. leaves. Um, and then um, Sam goes after David immediately, runs over, says, who do you think you are? You Did you really think you could get away with forcing yourself on my wife? I, when I know she doesn't want you. Because again, yeah. he just had a conversation with Grace where she in fact said, I don't want David. Yeah. So he says, I know I know for a fact she doesn't want you. So you had to have forced yourself on her. Um, And then David says, she's my wife. And yeah. the real crime here is you being intimate with her in my absence. And Sam rushes over to him, jacks Good. him up by the yep. collar. Holds him up. And, yep. and he says, uh, he says, I will be guilty of killing you if you don't leave my family <laughs> alone. I, I I'm with Sam. I'm with Sam. I'll be guilty. Yeah. You think I'm guilty of that? I'll be guilty of killing you, murder, if you don't yeah. leave my family alone. Yeah. Um, and Grace pulls Sam away, pulls him off of David, and she says, Sam, I gave I gave David permission to kiss me. And then she like explains what happened, which is what I just explained. But she, so I, at no point did she give him permission. And Sam says as much. He says, "So he tricked you." Yeah, yeah. So he tricked you. Yes, correct. He tricked her into yeah. kissing him. Um, and he, David says, "Well, I didn't tell her I was going to kiss her because I wanted it to be a surprise." Yeah. Excuse me. Have you ever heard? I remember this is horrible. This trigger warning. If anybody needs just for the moment okay when i was in middle school i heard the most horrific joke i've ever heard in my life well it's not the most horrific joke i've ever heard in my life but up to that point it definitely was and it's yeah. still it has like stuck with me for so long and the punchline was like it's not rape it's surprise sex oh oh I know. And when he said, I kissed, I didn't tell her I was going to kiss her because I wanted it to be a surprise. That like unlocked that memory. I heard that when I was in like the seventh grade. <clears throat> and uh, it's, uh, it just gave me the heebie jeebies. Well, and, and, it grossed me out. But this is not, this again to me, for Sam and Grace who do not know what's going on. He, the man abducted her from Tabitha's house and took her over to the bed and breakfast. I just wanted to surprise her. Like, no, you you are. And, and Sam's going to say something in a conversation with Grace in a little bit that I was like, oh, I'm so happy he he took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, and we'll get to that. But uh, Sam correctly describes why he hates David so much um, in a little bit. So, mm -hmm. yes. 
we're coming up on that. So yeah, uh, yeah. He says I I didn't tell her I was gonna kiss her because I wanted it to be a surprise, and I wanted to shock her into remembering her feelings for me. And she did. I felt it the moment our our lips touched. Yeah. Sam turns to Grace and says, "Is that true? Did you do you remember your feelings mm-hmm. for David?" She says, "I don't remember anything." Because of course she doesn't. Of course she doesn't remember anything. She's growing feelings yeah. for David. Yes, that is what's mm-hmm. happening. Yep. Yep. And yep. Um, David says to her, "You're you're just afraid. You're afraid of being honest with Sam. You're afraid that he's I, I don't know what this accent is, but I'm going with it. <laughs> you're afraid of being honest with Sam." And then at it, this point, it sounded good. Don't <laughs> second guess yourself. Right, that last one was good. The 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 listeners are gonna know that that last <laughs> chunk was really good. Okay, so at this point, Sam basically tells him, he goes, "Go on, scram, get out of here, <laughs> get out of here." It's, and they, David says, "You know what? I have to get back to work anyway." And, and, and Sam's like. Oh, are you doing some kind of photo shoot here in Harmony? And he's like, actually, I'm building your house. I hated that. So I have several things to say. One, there is an episode of the Golden Girls where uh, Rose dates this guy named Thor Anderson, who is played by Ken Berry, who actually played her brother in Mama's Family. This is Vinton Harper. Um, But he is an episode of the Golden Girls. And the whole premise of this episode is that he remembers dating Rose and Rose cannot remember this guy. And he's like, well, I'm really sad that you can't remember me, but can I have one last kiss? And she remembers the kiss and it's like this pretty thing. He leaves, he's happy. Blanche walks in and says, oh, Rose, a kiss unlocked your memory. And uh, she's like, yeah, that man couldn't kiss 30 years ago and he can't kiss now. So <laughs> it, it did make me think of that. Um, but yeah, the surprise thing is bullshit. Then we get this thing, which irritates the hell out of me, is that Grace is totally okay with him rebuilding the house. It's like, again, you, you, it's, you said it earlier. She wants, she's growing feelings for him. And she, and, and again, I kept trying to give her this, this a little bit of, of, a little bit of space because I'm like, I would want to know about my past. And if this guy has a little bit of it, I'd like to know that. But other than honey and my tea, he's not coming up with a lot of stuff. Like, you know, did you know Faith? Like, can you tell me a little bit more about Faith? Because I didn't get to know Faith as well as I, I don't remember Faith as much as I should have. Like, all of that stuff. Like, no, he has nothing. But she's like, yeah, you can rebuild. How weird. I would not want this guy rebuilding my house. Like, it is driving me crazy, actually. And no, and nothing because... on the actress. It's about Grace. Yeah, of course. It's about Grace. Yeah. It's about Grace. Because she keeps saying, well, I want, I I don't have feelings for David. No, I just, I he's a connection to my past and I just want to learn more about my past. Then talk to him about your past. Why is he building your house? Yeah, yeah. Then talk no. to him about your past. Why are y'all kissing? Because you want him. You see there. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. talk to him about your past, not about Sam and Ivy. Yeah. Why Talk to him about your past. Ask him questions about you. Yeah. But she's not doing that at all. No. It's almost like she doesn't want to know about her past no. at all. Um, I, it's, 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 it's actually very interesting because she is, she isn't asking him anything, but then when Sam brings up the idea of telling him to leave, 
she's like, well, he's the connection to my past and I really need to, I want to learn about my past. But you're not at, you're not sitting down and having conversations with him about your yeah. Parents. And she also speaks to his character. He's like, he's a good man. Why would we send him away? He's trying to help us. Look, he's trying to build our house. Like I'm like, you. Ha how is a man gonna kiss you like that, and want to rebuild the house for you and your current husband? That's you know bullshit. what? You know what really upset me. Let's talk about this. So Sam questions Grace about why are you letting him build help build a house. And she says, well, he wanted to help, and it's what I want. And then Sam says, well, I don't trust him. He has an ulterior motive. Fair enough. I mean, that's so obvious. It's glaringly yeah. obvious that he has an ulterior motive. Grace says, there's nothing suspicious about David. He's a good man, and he he doesn't have any ulterior motives. What? Idiot ass. No, that's come He on. has been so... So upfront about what his actual motives are. You're yes. right; they're not ulterior. They're they're right there in your exactly. face, fucking face. Let and us not. I was gonna say, let us not forget what was he doing all that time Ivy was in the hospital. Was he was like gaslighting her and being like, and and manipulating her and being like, hey, well, look, uh, he's obviously concerned about Ivy more. If he loved you more, he would have been having. He would have been here with you and on the beacon with Ivy, like. He, he was doing all of the Ivy, Ivy, Ivy talk. Like, if you aren't interested in her, you're not going to bring up Ivy. You did that on purpose because you're like, I, he, he, told, he flat out told her, like, I don't want to, I would leave you if I thought you were truly happy, but you're not because you should be with me. And yeah, and that you're, you you're going to get hurt by me. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> he wears short shirts, I wear t-shirts. <laughs> Um, anyway, oh, good. So, Let's make sure the, the Swifty base is behind <laughs> passions. Yes. So, um, yeah, she says, I, I don't think that I would give my heart to someone who would lie and scheme and take advantage of me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, that's a fair enough assessment. But then again, when you married that man, you were 19, 20. Do you think... Like she needs to put herself in um K, like Kay's shoes, right? And say, yeah. what do I think? What do I think that Kay would make the best decision about who she should get married to right now? No, yeah. probably not because she's a child, and you were basically a child when you married this man. So and yeah. you're a different person now. But anyway, um, she well, says storyline in, in conjunction this storyline and the and the Sheridan storyline was gonna make me think about Castaway. Like I always think about like when I watch that movie and Helen Hunt and Tom Hanks. Like you love them both, and and as a kid watching that movie, like you want them to be together. And spoiler alert, they are not gonna stay together. And like there's this sense of realness to that is that Helen Hunt has to mourn again that this man has come back into her life and she can't be with him. Like yeah. that part is over now, but her feelings are still there. And I think that that is so beautiful about Castaway. One of the, I, I love that damn movie, Wilson, Rum Ham. Um, yeah. I, I love the that damn thing. Rum Ham! <laughs> but like that Grace is like, you know, she, I, I I guess this is all kind of brand new for her, but I'm like, you have Sam here. Like I don't understand. It's 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 it's, and I'm gonna get to it in a little bit because 
we're about to get to this big thing that Sam mentions, and I'm like, yep, that's where it all boils down to. So let's talk about this conversation that comes along here. So she says, I don't think I would give my heart to someone who would lie and scheme and take advantage of me. Yeah. And she says, uh, I love you, Sam. And But does that mean we can't be civil with David? Okay. Nobody said anything about not being civil with him, but being civil is is saying that when I see you at the book cafe, I don't punch you in the fucking face. It's you, not letting you- I was gonna it. use that example. As soon as you said book cafe, I was thinking book cafe. Yeah. It's not Let letting you build my house and letting yeah. you kiss my wife. It's yes. not, it's not that, those are not the same thing. That's not what being civil is. You made out with my wife in front of my child in my neighbor's house. I mean, look. Am I supposed to be excited about that? Am I supposed no. to? No, ridiculous. Here's, here's the other travesty about all this. At some point, he's out there working on the house. And throughout this conversation, you're going to hear the construction as they're rebuilding the Bennett home. Um, I just got to throw this out here. Grace looks at a shirtless David. And a shirtless David looks back at her. And I wrote down, a shirtless David does not compare to a shirtless Sam Bennett. And not no all. offense to anybody, but... It has to be said. I'm like, come on. I mean, Sam Bennett takes his shirt off for every, every everything he does. The first thing he does when he gets to work is take his shirt off. No, David out there and his trying his best, and he at one point like waves to Grace. Remember that dumbass wave? He went. It's just he's just so irritated. And, and, um, and Sam's like, why are you waving? <laughs> He was like, why are you waving at him? She's like, he waved at me. What am I supposed to just stand here? Oh, like, my God. Yeah. Well, why is he here at this point? He should be gone. Yes, I know. Yeah. Like, anyway. So, um, Sam is worried that David is Grace's great love of yeah. her life. She, he says to her, what if one day you remember, um, have, have your memories come back and you realize that actually... He's the great love of your life. Sure, you may love me, but maybe he's the one great true love of your life. Yeah. And Grace says, I love you, and I don't remember my life before I met you. Um, unlike you and Ivy. And you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be one hundred percent honest. I'm gonna be one hundred percent honest. She is well within her right to bring up Ivy at this point. Yes. Like if because we if we, we fight know, it there. Yes, we know Ivy has tried to break them up. He has, she has seen Ivy and Sam in too many compromising positions, like situations. And she uh, says as much. She says, she says, how many times have I heard you say you never get over your first love? And it turns out that Ivy was your first love. So does that mean that you never got over Ivy? Is she the great love of your life? And he says, no, Grace, you are the great love of my life. And he says, uh... She and then she says to him, "So why can't you accept that you are also the great love of my life?" I'm not. I get where she's coming from here. I also understand where Sam's coming from, where he's saying like, "But what if your memories come back and you realize, yeah, that actually, no, I'm not the great love of your life." And we're yeah. we're seeing this mirrored in the Louise and Sheridan yes. Yes. and Brian kind of storyline right now. Yeah. We're seeing like kind of how that could possibly happen. Yeah, and so because we know the minute Sheridan lays eyes on Louise, she's gonna be like. It's all yeah. coming back to me. Uh -huh. Fuck off, Brian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Full on Celine Dion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, oh my gosh, have you heard about Celine Dion's illness? I know. God bless her. I. It's so sad. I hope good health to her her and, and her you know, family and friends. I hope yeah. they're doing okay. But yeah. I, what, a beautiful, what an amazing talent. Mm -hmm. I love Celine Dion. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
Yes. She says, so why can't you accept that you are the great love of my life? Um, And she then says, now you know how I actually, I'm kind of glad that you have like walked in on us kissing or found out about us kissing because now you have an idea of how I felt each time I walked in on you and I, you kissing. The only difference is David knows he doesn't have a chance with me. And then she cites what she heard Sam say in the the hospital to Ivy. Uh, Again, I'm going to say this. Grace is correct. Grace is right in what she just said in the, well, maybe now you know how it feels. Now, am I saying that that is conducive to building your marriage and making your marriage stronger? No. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can either be right or you can be in a happy marriage. Like, like, you know. And this is where Sam also claps back and he's like, what I hate about this is this guy is so possessive of you. Like he comes in here and he's like, she's mine. And so like, that's the other thing that I'm like, yeah, I agree with Sam. It it really upsets me that this guy comes in here and it's very possessive of Grace. It's not even like, like, it just, it's, it sounds like property. And it really does sound like that when he says it. Um, Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, with the kisses, Grace is like, well, he was just trying to help me jog my memory. Grace continues to make excuses for this man, which just really upsets me. Now, you are correct in the Ivy comparisons. Yes, she can say, now you know how it feels. But did I or did I not say on this podcast that Grace has been wanting a little bit of revenge? Yep. She wants Sam to have a little bit back of his, you know, back a bit back of your own. I think is what the phrase is. And if we had editors, I'd say roll the clip and go back to what I've said because I'm like, at first I felt I was like, well, maybe this isn't what it is. But you know what? She really is, you know, whether it's subconscious or not, she is happy to be able to be like, do you know what I've been through? And she's, and she has every right, like you said, she has every right to feel that way about Ivy and Sam because, but again, we full on know Ivy has been trying to penetrate this marriage and, and disrupt this marriage, destroy this marriage. Um, whereas Sam is still having to navigate this, like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And she, though he is on one side, it is very clear that, I don't know, these situations are not the same, and it frustrates me. Yeah, um, yeah. It really frustrates me. Yeah, she's, I mean, I agree. She's definitely trying to get her get back and yeah. get her a little revenge, going a little tit for tat. She, and, I, and I understand how that could make her feel a little bit better, too, saying, now you know how it feels. Because I think she also had been having trouble with getting getting back on track with Sam because... I don't think she, I think she felt like he didn't fully comprehend yeah. her feelings around the whole situation. I think she felt like he just wanted to keep getting along and get, and just get over and get past yeah. it. But he didn't get, have any, there was no, there was no retribution. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, and she, she wasn't satisfied. She had, she wasn't satisfied and I get it. And I get it. I get yeah. it. So, um, I do like where this, I actually like where this conversation goes. Yeah. Where Grace says to him, you know, as long as you and I are honest with each other, no one can ever come between us. Because they're telling each other some hard truths, especially on, but actually on both sides. They're saying some hard truths. Sam is being vulnerable and saying, I'm worried that you are going to have your memories unlocked and this man's going to be the great love of your life. And he's being very vulnerable about that. Versus, because before, remember before, 
it was David's not your husband. David's not your husband. I don't accept it. I don't accept it. I don't accept it. Now he's now, relented. Yeah. It's I accept it and and I'm worried and I'm scared. Yeah. And he's being very vulnerable with her and I love it and I appreciate that. And on the on the flip side of that with Grace, her being honest about her feelings around I'm not over the shit with Ivy. I'm okay. I'm not past it. I'm not over it, but I understand and I think we can work through it. I I really thought that this where they went with this conversation was very mature. Very, like honestly very beautiful it's the kind of marriage you would aspire to right like you, when somebody's trying to build a marriage and make their marriage stronger they should be being as honest yeah, with each yeah. other as possible and being kind to one another which i feel like they were doing in this and hearing each other out really well yeah um but then it's great sam says i want but you know i do want david to leave i wish he would yeah. just leave and grace is like well he can tell me things about my past I don't want him to go just yet. Um, and she says, well, he's probably just dealing with his feelings. We should at least give him the time to deal with his own feelings. This is all a lot for him. It's like, girl, he's a grown ass man. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot for us. Yeah. What about me? You have, but also, yeah, you have no house. Obviously, your daughter hates you right now. Like, they're not even talking about what just happened with Kay. They do not speak about, like, we need to go check on Kay. We have to have a family meeting. Uh, Noah doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, does, do we tell Jessica what just happened? Because Kay just saw this. Kay might tell Jessica. We need to, t there's no conversation about how to parent the Bennett children. Um, and so this is the other thing too, is it's like, this guy has caused you a lot of issues. You have no house, you're living in Tabitha's house. I mean, like there's a lot going on and you're sitting here going, I can't wait to learn about my past. It's like, I get that, but you need to fix what has happening in the present. Uh, and then, then you can start to figure out what was going on back then. Yeah, he says, Sam says, it seems like you don't want him to leave. And Grace says, maybe I don't. <laughs> That's what she says. She says, maybe yeah. I don't. She says. I want him to stay around long enough for me to find out something about my past. David yeah. is listening in on the, this part of the conversation. Um, he 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 realizes, I think, and I might be wrong, but you've seen the future, uh, oh great one. But uh, he he uh, is overhearing, and I think he is gleaning what I gleaned from this, which is that their marriage is becoming healthy again. Yeah, and the only his only little like hitch in there or his the only way he can get back in is like through like grace learning about her past that yeah. kind of angle yeah um or him dropping some sort of bombshell on her and yeah. uh so i think this is where the the wheels start to a turn in for him yeah. where he's like i gotta do something because soon grace is gonna also be ready for me to leave yes. you know she's not ready for him to go yet but he can tell that she will be, Sam will be able to move her in that direction, I think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, again, she says, I want him to stay long enough for me to find out something about my past. But again, you have not asked him one fucking question about your past. You haven't said, hey, can we go have coffee? Can we talk about the years 1989 through 1993? Yeah. Like, oh. Very generic. Just like ask about faith. Ask about what did I have? What job did I have? Um, what was I going to major in? Like there, are like what are some things that are genuine questions? But all of it's like our deep love. Our lo no, no, I don't know. What's my favorite color? You already gave me honey in my tea. Like give me something <laughs> else. Did we have any pets? Do I have any allergies? That's a good question to ask. Yeah. 
Um. You're allergic to tomato soup, Grice. <laughs> Don't ever taste it. <laughs> so let's talk about Hank real quick. Meanwhile, Hank is getting more and more suspicious of David. And he's, oh, yeah. for once, again, on one side, Hank is an idiot. On the other side, <laughs> on the other side, Hank, game recognized game. And we all remember that Hank is a criminal. Yeah. Hank was a criminal, a prolific one, apparently. Many um, lies to Sheridan Crane. He was on the the FBI's most wanted list. Yeah. So he he's seeing David and he's like, this guy's a little too good to be true. Yeah. What kind of guy? What kind of guy finds out finds out that his wife is alive after twenty years, but is married to somebody else and has a whole life, and then volunteers to help build their house? No, Nobody. That's yeah. nonsense. And then he also talks about, um. How what I've been saying for a while now about how he says Sam searched all of Massachusetts when he found Grace for somebody who knew Grace. Why didn't he ever? Why didn't they ever find him? Why yeah. did, didn't he ever come out the woodwork? And he's like, something is just off about this. You know, we did. They did a whole investigation all up and down Massachusetts. He says he knew she was in Boston. So why didn't he go to Boston and? look for her yeah. why wasn't you know and he he's absolutely right i agree hank is on the right path and i don't remember is hank the one that like exposes everything eventually i cannot remember uh the ancient tome foretells that i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> but he says that he says if david really wanted to find her he would have yeah i mean he, he that's what he said he he would have found her if he really wanted yeah. to find her I'm going to hang on that. So that's it for Trouble Marriages for me for right now. Is that it for you? Yes. Teresa. Right, so. Teresa and Ethan. Teresa, Teresa. <laughs> you remind me of a West Side Story. Mm -hmm. Going Warped. up in Spanish Harmony. Yeah. <laughs> Their house is Spanish Harmony. <laughs> it is. It is all condensed into that one family. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, so... We pick up and everybody's in the. They call it the library now. I I guess I'll just start calling it the library. There's yeah, no I books thought it in was there. Julian's office or Julian's study or something. I did too. Right? And yeah. but now we're calling it the library, and I'm fine with that. There's just not enough books for me to think, yeah. like, think it to be a library. But anyway, um, everybody's in there, and Ivy has just exposed Teresa's signature on annulment papers. Bum between, bum bum. Yes, that um julian had on his desk or whatever so ethan is questioning if Teresa really married julian are you married to the man i grew up knowing was my father exactly and uh rebecca also enters the room and is like what the hell's going on here of course yeah so everybody's looking to Teresa for answers about these annulment papers let's talk about these annulment papers for a moment apparently on these papers it says Mrs. Julian Crane, and then she has to sign her name at the top. Why wouldn't it have Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald printed, and then she signed? Have you ever? Yeah. I've. I, I have not, but I would assume that it would say spouse. Like, like, shouldn't it just say spouse? I would assume yeah. if you're if you're drawing up papers that have people's specific names on them, which these papers do. It would just, yeah, that it would paper just say Teresa says, Lopez Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, it says Mrs. Julian Crane, and I imagine the other side says Julian Crane. So why wouldn't it just, whatever, it's for the plot tower, shut up. So, 
Um, everybody's turning to Teresa for answers. Ethan, Ethan's like, of course you're not married to Julian. You're not yeah. married to Julian. Of course you're not. Ivy's like, boy, come to your senses. What else could this mean? Yeah. Uh, Rebecca starts putting all the little pieces together. Oh, yeah, like, she's putting it all together. Oh, this explains why the two of you were so huddled up in Bermuda, always chit-chatting clandestinely. And um, she, she was just like, she saw some things in Bermuda that had already had her wheels spinning. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh, Teresa, you little gold digger, you'll do anything to get your paws in the crane fortune, you little slut. Yes, she calls and she says, your whole family's a bunch of gold diggers. Who do you have your eye on, Pilar, Alistair? Well, that's what Pilar, when she says, you little slut, Pilar goes after Rebecca saying, how dare you speak to my daughter that way? Yeah. She's like going over to her. Pilar's about to beat some ass. Yeah. Always. And what's his <laughs> name? Ethan had to pull her by her arm and stop yeah. her. And uh, that's when Rebecca says, you know, your whole family is nothing but a bunch of gold diggers. First, your son with Sheridan, your daughter with Ethan, now with Julian. And who, yeah, who are you trying to get with? Pilar. Oh my God. They said Pilar. Yeah, they say Pilar so a lot. Yeah. Times yeah. Last week and this week. And I don't think I mentioned it last week, but it started grading on me. Pilar. Yeah. Which is funny because it's Pilar. Like that, the correct pronunciation, it would be Pilar. People would be like, ¿Y Pilar? ¿Cómo está Pilar? Um, but for Pilar, it's like a real. Pilar. The Even in, Pilar's the better. Like I, I'm okay with Pilar, Pilar, Pilar. Pilar. What's funny yeah, is if you're gonna say it in a, in an English accent, Pilar. Yeah. But if you're gonna go Pilar, yeah. No. no, it's really annoying. Um, when I used to get my hair cut, the woman reminded me of Pilar, and so my, um, but I, I should have known her name, and I'm an asshole. I was a kid, so I'll, eh. I'll forgive myself. But everybody, my, my, my mama would be like, "Mom, I'm gonna go uh, get my hair cut. Ah, you're gonna go with Pilar." Like we all called her Pilar. And even dad, my dad thought that was her legit name because my dad got my her haircut, his haircut with her too. And we yeah. got to the point where my dad would just be like, "All right, I'll be back. I'm going to go to I'm going to Pilar's." And like we would call her that. She That's was so thought, funny. That's not her just, name. She just no. God bless. And what's That's funny hilarious. is she yeah she looked more like Christina, the woman who played Pilar's sister-in-law. Um, but uh, but anyway, just random. But it is funny. I mean, it still yeah. makes. I mean, I look like even when my mom will like overhear me playing something, she'll laugh every time. Like we just think it's so silly and so funny. Yeah. Um, but is. yes, Pilar was about to kick some ass. And, she was, and then yeah. Ethan turns around and says, "You know what? We should let Teresa explain." Teresa, mm -hmm. what's going on? And she does some quick thinking. She's brilliant. The girl's brilliant. And I mean, it's a good enough lie to get over on an idiot like Ethan. <laughs> says oh i didn't know what i was signing are those yeah. annulment papers i didn't know i was signing that i came here to ask julian crane for money to help with ethan's law firm see here's the check she takes out the check shows everybody the check that he bought uh, that he wrote for her she says he told me to sign something i thought those were loan papers yeah. ethan buys it hook line and sinker immediately yeah. is buying it and it's very understanding He's like, I understand that you wanted to do something to help me, but you should understand that we shouldn't take Crane money. Any Crane money comes with strings. He tears up the check. Fine. Um, Ivy, of course, is not satisfied because she's not an idiot like her son is. Exactly. And she's like, but why do you have annulment papers, Julian? Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, Harper had those faxed over because he thought maybe Ivy would go for an annulment. Well, 
I have not been on here since the, uh, I think, since the introduction of Harper. Or maybe I have, but I do have a Harper impression for you. I'd love uh, it. Well, first of all, Julian, you got to be careful with Rebecca. I mean, it's like, <laughs> so, and God bless, you know, God bless the actor, but it is so funny when he's talking, I'm just like, oh, this is so grating. I'm like, <laughs> it's just so, if Rebecca's going to, if, if Pilar, he's one of the ones, he is the they worst perpetrator it. of Pilar. So if Pilar founds out anything that you slept with Pilar's daughter, I'm like, oh my god. This is yeah, <laughs> I, my favorite thing about Harper is that he hates Julian. I yeah. love that he's, I love that he's just like sick of Julian. Yeah, um, he's like, uh, listen, I've been protecting the Crane name for hundreds and thousands of years, and you are the re like you're the one. Like he, Harper's been around as long as Tabitha. I think he might be yeah. a warlock because yeah. He, yeah, he's he's barely he's barely Barely hanging in there. Uh, yeah, poor Harper. Yeah. <laughs> Working for these cranes has aged him. Yeah. What's funny Julian's is Harper is actually 35 if you, <laughs> in the world's past. Julian's just been aged, aged so much. Poorly. Okay, yeah. so um, I was not satisfied. She asked Julian, why do you have annulment papers in the first place? He says Harper faxed him over saying that maybe you would go for an annulment. Why would... It's, it's stupid. stupid. It's so stupid. Ethan you says... You know Ivy better than that. Yeah. Ethan says, no, there will be a legitimate divorce. My mother will receive everything she deserves. And, we, you know, we're going to... We're contesting the uh, the divorce until she gets her uh, real settlement. Um, then he tells Teresa, no more secrets between us. Yeah. Okay? you Young lady. A thousand <laughs> times. And he says, you know, you should have just told me you were going to go ask Julian for the money. Yes, this is the uh, this is the same because this is the exact same thing she did when she went to Bermuda, yeah. and that's what I said when she went to. I was like, why wouldn't she just tell you tell Ethan? Yeah. Why wouldn't she just tell Ethan? She doesn't trust him. Yeah. When it comes when it comes right down to it, she does not trust Ethan. I was thinking about that during these episodes, and I don't know if it's because she also knows he's an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. You, yeah. I'm not sure. But she doesn't trust him to love her truly. I guess she's just insecure about their love really badly. Yeah. Like I always, I think because of the class structure that is such a big part of their uh, relationship story is that she always is going to feel undeserving of Ethan um, because she is the housekeeper's daughter and I don't say that in a bad way I just say it in the way that that is how the characters talk yeah. about them and she has heard it so many times is that Pilar a single mom who works two jobs who loves her kids and never stops who loves her kids <laughs> and never stops with gentle hands and the heart, and the heart of, of a fighter, fighter. Pilar's a survivor <laughs> um, yeah is that she has that in her head that she's undeserving and that any screw-up is a major screw-up and it is over. And that's not the case. I, I, yeah. What we have seen, every time Ethan finds out about a lie, he actually comes through and is on her side. So he, it's at this point that she's her own worst enemy and, and Rebecca and Gwen know that and utilize that all the time. Um, Pilar knows that as well. She says that to Teresa herself. She's like, you need to 
come Whitney tells I mean everybody but you know what I have found is that we all have that person in our lives where you tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them what they need to do and it's in one ear and out the other and Teresa's that person yeah Teresa is her own worst enemy she doesn't trust Ethan to love her mm -hmm. um which is so sad and unfortunate um but yeah, so he tells her, no more secrets. You should have just told me you were going to see Julian. I would have told you, like, not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then everybody leaves except for Rebecca and, or Rebecca and Ivy go out into the hallway together. Like, they're talking to each other. My favorite group and of frenemies. They begin to kind of form this unholy alliance. Oh, yes. Teresa. It's not fully formed yet, but we're at yeah. the beginning of it. Um, so just keep that, keep that little, it, it, it will be coming up because, uh, first of all, Rebecca says at some point that Ivy deserves a good kick in the butt. Um, but as they sneak away, she says they both know something's wrong. Like they're, they're not idiots. They're very smart. Um, and I, um, Rebecca says to Ivy, I told you about Teresa and you didn't listen. And she goes, I regret not having listened to you. She's like, but you know what? We're here where we're at and we just got to keep moving forward. And they yeah. both put their guards up and they're both, they both know that their biggest, the, the biggest thorn in their side is going to be Teresa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Julian is back in his library office yeah. and he calls for new uh, annulment papers. He calls Harper. He says, I need new annulment papers. Those other ones got ripped to shreds because one of them ripped them up. I don't know who. Oh, Ivy, of course. Cause she was like, I won't do this. Da, 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 and throws them away. Yeah. Um, Rebecca walks back into because he never closes this door, and so yeah. of course people can overhear his phone calls all the time or whatever's happening in this library. So she overhears the end tail end of this conversation, comes in and pretends like she didn't hear any of it. Yeah. Um, and I do like that when he is talking to Harper, uh, Julian says, "I have to go." Uh, Rebecca is here, seemingly unarmed. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So that was funny. Yeah, because remember last week she had that big ass gun. Oh okay. yeah, she was shooting. She, yeah. Yeah. So um, Rebecca comes in and she says she's got she's got that sweet sultry vixen voice on. She's like, oh Pookie, I just wanted to apologize for ever not believing you. Of course yeah. you would never marry someone like Teresa. Yeah. You know, and she starts to kind of seduce him. Like, you know, we're going to start having sexy time now. And of course, yeah. this perks Julian up. He's all for it. She's like, why don't we play boss and secretary? Yes. She says, um, why don't we pretend I'm your assistant and we're working on a late night merger? And he says, yes, and I'm about to give you dick Tation. Yeah, there's a there was a lot of innuendo in these. Give it to me, Pookie. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Give it to me, Pookie. <laughs> and all, all the, the girls, girls say said... Julian's pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> for an old guy. So um, he, she pulls out when she he's like behind her and she pulls out like this piece of paper folded up. Um, from her cleavage and she's like she seems very happy very satisfied with whatever this is lays mm -hmm. it on the desk they go back to like doing like role play stuff and then she presents this paper to him like oh I need your signature right here boss or whatever you know do anything yeah. and he signs it because it's part of the role playing and that's when she's like 
ha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, we're going to get married tomorrow. And he says to her, what do you mean? We can't get married tomorrow. She says, according to this weekend. And turns out she has tricked him into signing a marriage certificate yes, for tomorrow. They yep, they signed a wedding license. And I love this because now we're going to get this run on. It's going to happen. So be prepared of how happy Rebecca is to be the second Mrs. Julian Crane. And this is the emphasis emphasis by the writers to let us know. Obviously, the inside joke is that she would be the third one, but they say it nonstop from this yeah. point forward. She's so, been saying, she's actually yeah. been saying it since the moment she showed up on the island after Teresa married yeah. Julian. She's and like, I'm going to be the second Mrs. Julian Crane. I'm going to be the second Mrs. Julian Crane. It's like, okay, we get it. Um, you sneaky seductress. Yeah, he's he, not happy. He is not happy. And then he tries to kind of weasel out of marrying her, saying, you know, this is all a bit hasty, don't you think? And she tells him, well, you're acting awfully peculiar. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, she brings up the annulment papers. And she asks him if he married Teresa. He asks, her, asks him outright, did you marry Teresa in Bermuda? And he says, uh, no. Oh, and he yeah. agrees because he, he, she says something about Teresa being a liar. Yeah, and you can't believe anything that she says. So she, that's why she asks him outright, "Did you marry Teresa?" And he says, "Yes, you're right. The girl is downright pathological." And he says, "And also, there isn't enough alcohol in the world con to convince me to marry anyone of her ilk." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, Julian is like weirdly obsessed with being married to Teresa. Like he, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. he's really just saying that there's. He didn't even really need to get drunk to marry Teresa. Well, exactly. And at some point, I mean, he, oh, yeah, he's very much obsessed with the idea. At some point, he tells Harper, like, oh, you should have seen her. She was absolutely incredible coming up with this epic lie about uh, me giving her the wrong paperwork. She goes, if I would have known any better, she'd be a true crane. Like, she deserves to be a crane. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, he's really, I mean, he, he fetishizes her, but he's, like, really, like, it, 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 there's other words to describe what he does with her as this as his Mrs. Crane. Like if he could, he'd definitely be walking around with her as the true Mrs. Julian Crane. But... He definitely sees her as worthy of being Mrs. Julian yeah. Crane yeah. because she's young, she's beautiful, and he's learning that she also is very smart. Right. Yeah. So he, you know, I think he does see her as worthy. Um, because also, Julian thinks with his dick, he, he thinks yes, he's yeah. hot. He can't get a girl that beautiful to be with him yeah. on the regular, on the reg, yeah. on the reg. Yeah, we, talked about, we, we talk about little Julian a lot in the future episodes, but little Julian is the navigator <laughs> of what his choice, the decision-making process is. Yeah. So he, he tells her, there's not enough alcohol in the world to convince me to marry someone of her elk. Then he butters her up some more about how great she is and how he wants her to be his wife and nobody else and how much he loves and cares about her, right? And how sexy she is. Yeah. And um, then she's like, that's good because I would hate to have to testify against you and share it in the mur the, the, your murder trial for and we Sheridan. Get that replay of basically her standing up in court saying, like, I knew yeah. this the whole time and Julian has killed Sheridan Crane. Yeah. So. Um, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, um, Teresa and Ethan go back to the book cafe. Yes. And Ethan brings Whitney and Chad up to speed on what just happened at the mansion. And he's like, but it's silly because I don't know how I believed for even a second that Teresa was married to Julian. He gets up to go get coffee 
Teresa goes with him. Chad turns to Winnie and is like, that's the secret, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fast. He is the fat because, you know, we draw out questions. Chad is probably one of the smartest characters in this whole soap opera because he always clocks all of this stuff because it takes forever for somebody to find out a secret. And he can read Whitney so fast and he puts two and two together. And, and there was, it was in seconds that he yeah. figured it out. And I'm a big is, fan. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Chad. Especially oh, yeah. Chad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying, like, in the future, I will continue to see more Chad stuff of him just being a good guy and, like, not doing anything wrong and it just blowing up in his face. Yes. I, me, I'm a big fan of Chad right now because he says some things here that I really agree with because he says to Chad, he says to Whitney, so that's the secret. Yeah. Whit um, Teresa's married to Julian. And then Whitney explains that yes they got married in bermuda and you know teresa um let me read what i wrote on my notes because i know i took these notes fairly well um oh so yes that julian and teresa are actually already married when he comes clean about that basically chad says i gotta tell my friend like i can't let him walk around bopping around looking like an idiot like boo boo the fool walking around yeah. with this married woman <laughs> And um, Winnie tries to stop him and says, no, Chad, you can't tell him, like, he, it can't come from you, number one. Like, do you really want to be the person to end their relationship for good? And then Whitney starts, like, victim-blaming Teresa? Yes, she did bring that up. I, I wrote like, that down. Go ahead, go like, for it. She was drinking champagne. And Chad rightfully says to her, so he got her drunk. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, yeah. Chad. Yes. He says, so he got her drunk. And then Whitney says, yeah, but she could have stopped. It's not like he was pouring champagne down her throat. Huh? Yeah. What? This is your friend you're talking to. Ugh, I was disgusted. Yeah. You can tell. Um, I mean, again, you know, it's a product of its time and you know who the writers were full. I'm, I, I'm sure they were full on white uh, because <laughs> I just like, I just don't think... Well, it, 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 I hate the topsy-turviness of Whitney's character writing in that, like, she will defend Teresa to the bitter end, but here she's telling Chad, like, well, she kind of deserved it. And it's I like, will say, I will say, this actually is on par for Whitney, I, I feel like. She has always been very judgmental. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I, I do think Whitney would have been a better-suited daughter for Pilar, like the <laughs> yeah. two of them together are pretty much always on the same page. Uh, they wouldn't even be in this show. They'd be so boring. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like they'd be living a perfect life. You yeah. know, they, they would be very happy together. You know, um, Gilmore girl, girling somewhere else. <laughs> Yo, I used to love the Gilmore Girls. I was like a big fan, and I started rewatching it. Well, I, what I what I did was I watched the like Netflix, A Year in the Life season yeah. did you watch that did you ever watch gilmore girls i, I know like, a little bit of it it's not uh, i'm a golden girls versus a gilmore girls well, <laughs> you golden happen girls to live in both superior. worlds yes golden girls disappeared but but gilmore girls i watched a year in the life when it came out that was a few yeah. years ago and it had been years since i had watched the gilmore girls but i remembered i loved it i had like this beautiful box set of the gilmore girls that a friend of mine bought for me and gave me that i ended up one time i had to like 
pocket because I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I watched a year in the life. And I was like, oh my god, these bitches are insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> like they are insufferable. Yeah. And so I don't know if I don't know if Gilmore Girls I, has aged well for me. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. There was an episode of uh, Let's Make a Deal. And the question uh, of Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady was like, you have to decide what the audience had polled beforehand. And if you got it right, you won money. And it said, Gilmore Girls or Golden Girls? And that lady responded with Gilmore Girls. And she lost the money. Of course she did. And she, of course and she did. Goes, so many more people have yeah, seen the Golden Girls. Exactly. And Wayne Brady's like, uh... I think you, I mean, like, that's a bad mistake. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a gimme. That's a gimme. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, okay. So back to these girls. Yes. Whitney. Yes. Like like I said, this is very on, on brand for Whitney. She's always been very judgmental. Yes. She's ride or die for Teresa, but she never does it without a little bit of judgment or a lot of judgment, you know? Yeah. And, Um, And sometimes correct. And sometimes ease up. Because and the just she because Teresa's out living life doesn't mean that you can't like. There's a difference. Like Teresa's not always making epic failures like this. Like, well, or, or, and, and not that I'm saying, you know, oh, God bless it. I keep smacking this thing. Um, it's he, uh, Julian obviously did this. This is Julian's. Like, he, uh, she was not there. She didn't see that. She should not be doing this to Teresa and saying Teresa like made this happen to her. It's just really frustrating when. Like give like you give her grace on some things, but you're not gonna give her grace here. Like listen, this has again, this has been Whitney. Whitney has not changed. Yeah. Whitney has been saying the exact same thing for the from the moment Teresa decided to go to Bermuda. And I think there's jealousy in this. I you think, think it, so? I think Whitney wishes she could be that carefree, that like like Whitney's very logical and Teresa is very much like go with my feelings and Teresa can't do that. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I do. I do. But in this moment, Teresa's the last person I'm jealous of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I do hear you though because I have like, I have a friend, shout out to Cameron, one of my best friends in the world. He's more like a brother to me. And, but Cameron and I are so different. And, but Cameron is like, shameless yeah. like can't he he doesn't know any shame he doesn't know any so he'll he'll he's not afraid to ask what other people might think of as like a stupid question he's like well if yeah. i don't know i don't fucking know you know yeah. but he's not afraid and i do i am i do envy that in him i've talked we've talked about that before i do envy that in him i feel like so i understand where you're coming from like, so that might be seeing, more of what i'm trying to say trait, yeah yes a trait in another person that you're like man how can you be like that I, and sometimes I wish I could be like that, but I, I also know that my life is better because I'm not like that ex- all yeah. the time. And I you think that I mean? that's the thing is that, and that's probably why they're so suited. Like I'd love, if, if we could do a pot, like a bonus episode and just say who, what, and I don't know a lot about astrology. I, I'm a Leo, I'm very much a Leo. Um, but like, we should just sit down and go, what are the astrological signs of these characters? We because, do. Because I know full well that Ter- uh, Teresa and Whitney have to be very specific astrological signs for them to be the friendship that they have. Because they um, they really are complementary toward each other. We have to, at some point, decide for ourselves 
what yeah. each person is and then look and see what their technical birthdays are on the show you know what oh, I mean? yeah and i wish that we, yeah because that would be interesting I mean, yeah. because like charity has a birthday coming up when is charity's birthday yeah if it's in january if, october, okay, so we're october going into december yeah like but well I want, so since i've looked into the future i can tell you that her birthday it, the idea of her birthday lasts months long uh, so I, I it sounds like it's coming up tomorrow and it is going to be past the new year i think okay yeah so but it is interesting right but yes whitney and Teresa are perfect for each other as friends they need each other yeah, um yeah. but here is this is one of those examples where whitney is just like you said the word judgmental um yeah. it, i'm, She's so I'm appreciative yeah yeah we have on. so um so anyway Wendy manages to keep Chad from telling Ethan. She's like, he's like, okay, I won't, I won't say anything. Yeah. Fine. Then they all end up going back to Teresa's house where Ethan is like, we need to start filling out our, our new paperwork for our marriage. And so yeah. they sit down. Teresa, he says, okay, Teresa, I got everything filled out. I just need you to sign it. She goes over. Wendy's like, girl, you can't sign that. It's illegal. Teresa goes and signs it anyway. Because it's only illegal. <laughs> Because it's only illegal if you file it, right? Like, yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's it kind of illegal right here in it's my living room. It's very true. It's only illegal if I file it. So she signs it. Then Ethan's like, great, I'm going to go file it right now. I got a buddy down at the courthouse who will probably put a rush on this. Teresa manages to get him not to do that. Yeah. And then they sit down and start like planning out this wedding. And then Father Lonigan shows up for absolutely no reason but to sow seeds of discord. Yep. He shows up, not 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 comes in. Oh, come on in, Father. It's Ethan answers the door. He's like, "Come on in, Father. We were just talking about getting married, and I was we were just doing our paperwork." And um, Father's like, "I'm sorry. I thought you understood, Ethan. I cannot marry you." <laughs> Again, this man stood in front of the face <laughs> of evil, aka Tabitha and Timmy, and is like, "I don't have time to deal with you all. I gotta go tell Teresa." Hey. Did you did you get that paperwork done? Cause you suck. Like that's all he. That's what he went to go do. That's what he went to go do. He didn't go prepare for mass. He didn't go, you know, prepare the Eucharist. Like he went to go tell Tabitha. I mean, he went to leave Tabitha and Timmy to go talk to Teresa and be like, "Hey, you suck. Did you fix it or no?" And and I'm gonna tell if somebody asks me because I'm not yeah. part of your lines. So he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, Ethan. I cannot marry you. I thought you understood. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, who has never understood anything a day in his life. <laughs> Ethan is like, I'm sorry, father. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't blame him. I'm confused too. Damn it. You know what? I thought about it as I was watching. I was like, he says that a lot. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Poor, um, so, <laughs> poor Ethan. Yeah. And so... Father Lonigan just stands there. He doesn't say anything. Teresa jumps in. And he's just like, oh, Father said he couldn't marry us until all the proper paperwork was filed. And tomorrow, all the proper paperwork will be filed. Yeah. If and you know Teresa or Lindsay Hartley, like the actress, you know she's got those beautiful doe eyes and they're big. They went even bigger to Father yeah. Lonigan, who cannot see. <laughs> Yeah, she was like giving him, she was giving him visual cues. <laughs> he was giving and him visual cues. As what's funny is I complimented the writing in that like, 
they welcome him in and Terry says like, also Chad and Whitney are here. Like they're doing things to make sure and take care of this person who cannot see. But she's also like trying her best yeah. to emote to us, the, the audience, that she's telling, you know, Father Lonigan, hey, Zip it, uh, bro. I got you. We're good. Stop talking. Zip you don't it. need to say, you don't need to. Uh, but no one's asking him to lie. Well, I don't know. I, uh, I defend no, her so a lot. Yeah. No, I, listen, she's not asking him to lie. She's doing the lying. Yeah. All he has to do is stand silently. Yeah. And, she, and Be- honestly, she wasn't really telling any lies. She said, you said all the all the paperwork had to be filed. Yes. And all the paperwork had to be filed. The thing is, no, uh, so confidentiality in the confession, in confession is is a must. It, it is a thing. He can't say anything what is told to him in confession. I, I I don't know if he's like having guilty because he heard it in the kitchen in the in the Lopez Fitzgerald house. Whatever the case is, he still can't be telling people other people's yeah. business. Yeah, I think yeah. he I I think he has a certain he morally code. does not want to be part of these yeah. lies. I think he has so a certain code it, yeah. that he lives by, and yeah, so he's like I I don't want to be a party to the yeah. the lies. So he tells Teresa as much. She walks him out. Um, trying to get him out of there as fast as possible. She walks him out. She's like, I'm sorry, Father. Mother's not here right now. Um, Mama's not here, but I'll tell her you came by. She walks him out, and she, he tells her, I'm very disappointed in you, Teresa, um, your, for your dishonesty. He says, a marriage built on lies is a sham, and I will not be a part of these lies and deceptions. Be honest with the man you love or your future with him is doomed. And then he leaves. She's upset, but she puts on a happy face and goes back yeah. into the room and pretends like nothing has happened. Yeah. Meanwhile, because this episode about to be three hours long. We got to keep going. Meanwhile, over, because we still got to do this and Sheridan and Louise. Lord Jesus. Meanwhile, Ivy, quest- Ivy over at the mansion questions Pilar about mm-hmm. what Julian and Teresa are hiding. Yes. So she's back up in her room now after all of the hoopla with the annulment papers and she says, Pilar, tell me the truth. Is Teresa hiding something? And that's going to hurt Ethan. Pilar says, Teresa would never hurt you or Ethan on purpose. <laughs> hey, I mean, yes. That's not a lie. Where is it's the lie? It's not a lie. It's not a lie. She, she's no lies tiptoeing around it. Tiptoeing through the tulips. <laughs> and um, then Ivy says, huh, Teresa is responsible for Everything that's wrong in my life. Huh? And I am so happy Pilar claps back. Pilar has an epic speech. She says, oh, Teresa's a reason you have been suffering. You have been suffering in style. She did not condemn you into that wheelchair, but I can show you who is responsible. And Pilar holds up a mirror to Ivy and says, take a good look. No, it's honey, you. It, it was lovely. She said... Teresa isn't the one who got pregnant by Sam Bennett on her wedding night and yeah. then passed off the baby as Julian Crane so she could live and suffer in in uh, luxury. Yes. Teresa certainly isn't the one who climbed up a ladder in the middle of a hurricane and got yeah. struck by lightning and fell and broke her spine and is now in a wheelchair. No, Ivy, Teresa is not responsible, but I'll show you who is. Take a good look in the mirror and see who is responsible. I, it was great. It was great. It was she's very like, yeah, good. Teresa's, Teresa is responsible for everything that happened has gone wrong in your life. No, girl, it started with your lies. 
And again, it's it's this thing that she's holding on to. It's this, oh, well, she released this to the tabloid. Okay, that is under your assumption. And again, she has to reconcile with the truth of like, I don't understand why you're sitting there going, what what does Teresa benefit from her, from Ethan becoming a Bennett versus a Crane? Like, that is the first thing. It makes no sense. But it, then for you to blame you being in a wheelchair, for you to blame your, you know, all of that other stuff, you can't do that. The divorce. For everything. She said for yeah. everything that's wrong. Yeah. Like, no. Every single nah. thing. No. It's crazy. But Pilar set her the fuck straight. She really yeah. did. Um, And I was like, yes. Because... I was incredulous. What? Teresa's the problem? So yeah. anyway, Ivy says, I don't want to fight with you, Pilar. That's what she always says when she's I when know. Pilar has her dead to rights. Yes. Like, I don't want to fight with you, Pilar. We've been friends for over half our lives. Um, and she says, I understand. And I hate the manipulation will... of their friendship. You have opened my eyes. I've said this many times. And, and this is another moment that you gave me is that I hate that it's so one-sided because she does this to, to Pilar all the time. It's, I cannot yeah. for the life of me, for the life of me, understand why Pilar has not gotten herself another job somewhere yeah, else I know. in this town at this point. In the Especially narrative, yeah. After learning everything that happened with Julian, now you have to be in this house all the time. I, and you know that Ivy's on her fucking way out Get another job, cause if y'all are really friends, y'all will still be friends if you get another job. She might be yeah. mad at you, cause you got another job, but that will also just show you her true colors that she's exactly. angry with you, that you don't want to be in this house of horrors but where she are, shouldn't be either. You are absolutely right. I don't think again, this is uh, the the Latino thing is like um, the Latinx thing is that it annoys me in that like. I don't know of anyone who could sit there and hear all this bullshit about their daughter and still work for the person. And I know that they have been friends and I know that this is kind of new in the world of passions is that the secret had come out and stuff, but it's too flagrant. It's too many times. Uh, you know what? If I were Pilar, I'd already gone to Jonathan Hotchkiss and been like, hey, do you need a maid? Like, I, I, do you, right. go somewhere yeah. else? Because, I, yeah. She has a lot of skills too. Like apparently yeah. she's a great cook. She, yeah. can, she does, like, needlework and, like, sewing and does all kinds yeah. of stuff. There's a lot of things in this town I'm sure she would be able to go to the fucking cannery. Yeah. Damn. But like, also, like, let's think about this. She is not just a, like, because they keep reducing her to the house, the, the housekeeper or the maid. But she runs the yes, house. Like, yes, she, she is. is it's, it's, if you think about Downton Abbey, like, there is somebody in charge of she's running the housekeeper, the Mrs. Down. Yes, Mrs. she's Hughes. the head of the house. Yeah. She's yeah. the Mrs. Hughes yeah. of the house. Yes, yes. So it's so, not like she's just dusting stuff. She is making sure all that shit gets run correctly. Yes, yeah, she And makes, she happens to be Ivy's, like, personal person. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um. So, yes. Pilar um, says, I'm sorry. Ivy says, I don't want to fight with you. I understand you will protect and defend your daughter just as I will for Ethan. Understand? You know what? That's a fair place to stop this whole thing. Yeah. Um, she says, I just want to make sure that Ethan doesn't get hurt by more lies and secrets. And she says, can you look me in the eye and tell me that Teresa isn't hiding hiding anything from Ethan? Pilar looks at her and says, Teresa would never intentionally do anything to hurt Ethan. She loves him as much as you do. Ivy says, okay, that's all well and fine, but you did not answer my question. I'm still suspicious. Are you telling me I don't have anything to worry about? Any other secrets of Teresa's? Are, there's no more secrets of Teresa's that are going to come out and maybe hurt my son. 
And Ivy says, if you tell me it's not true, I will believe you. Pilar looks her in the eyes. And she says, she isn't keeping anything from, from Ethan. She I, lied. She, she lied. lied. She leaves the room. She's like, oh, oh, God, Teresa, now you've got me lying for you. I, I, Ivy yeah. knows she's lying. Ivy's like, oh, yeah. Ivy's she, like she, that's she, sweet, she, girl, but I, like I, can, she, I can read she, you like a book. I don't know if you noticed this because obviously we know that the pennant means a lot to her, but she always will do this like thing. The actress will hold, and I, again for listeners, she, like she caresses her necklace back and forth a lot. I've noticed that choice for the actress, especially now that she is in that wheelchair. But she's just like, oh, Pilar, I've known you half our lives and I know you're lying to me. Yeah, when the and, wheels are spinning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, um, good stuff. Ivy knows that Pilar is lying. So she calls up Jerry, who is the head of security. What happened to Frank Lomax? <laughs> Man got fired for being bad at his job chasing after underage girls. <laughs> Latara, you are really good at remembering all this stuff. I mean, I know it's your job, but like... You know what? I it's cannot when... cement these side characters' names. I mean, I could barely even remember Harper. How am I supposed to remember Frank Lomax? Whenever we have, we had such a long-running joke about Frank Lomax that I will never, <laughs> I will never forget it. I will never forget it. I'll never forget it. Um, but yeah, Jerry is the new head of security, and um. Ivy tasks him with going to Bermuda and figuring out whatever it is that Julian and Teresa are hiding. What is their secret? She gives yes. him, she says, Julian has my accounts frozen, but here is, a, a, it was like a bracelet. She gave him like a little, some jewelry. and was like, this should be more than enough to cover your costs. And um, he heads on down to Bermuda. Um, he, I'm going to just finish up with what happens in Bermuda. So he go he goes to Bermuda. She calls him like, "What do you know? What's going on?" Yeah. When he's in Bermuda, he finds the justice of the peace, and he starts questioning him. And he's in. Um, he tells Ivy, "Yeah, I talked to the justice of the peace, and he didn't say anything. But it's what he didn't say that was more important. Yeah. He, when I asked about Julian and Teresa, he really froze up and he he got really scared. I could tell. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna dig for more information with him." So we end him in Bermuda where he's has like kind of cornered the the justice of the peace. Yes, so just exactly. so you know that's going on and Ivy yeah. is expecting some information from Jerry soon yeah. on what happened between Teresa and Julian. Um so later Rebecca comes in and tells Ivy that she is going to marry Julian tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll marry you tomorrow. Marry your husband tomorrow, bitch. Yeah. Um, she comes in and tells her they're getting married tomorrow. Ivy tell, tells her, um, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. This was interesting. I it really was a enjoyed. very good conversation. And I wrote down Mrs. Crane notes, meaning like they, like Ivy just basically is like, you think you know what you're in for and you have no idea what it means to like be in this position. Uh, and she says some really cool examples about like going to benefits and knowing somebody's using you and smiling to their face. Like, but she also talks again about Julian holding secret, Julian and Alice are holding 
holding secrets and having to maintain all of that like this is not you think you think it's just all riches and glories and it's a lot more dirty work than you are you're ready for she also makes a really interesting statement about you're going to learn who really has power yeah and Rebecca says, well, I will have the power. And it's like, girl, you have no idea. And she should know what the fuck she's getting herself into after being a party to the Sheridan murder plot. And I think that that's why Rebecca has a little bit more, like she's a little bit more cockier than she should be um, because she has this big secret. Because at one point Ivy's like, what, did he give you one little secret that you know about? Like, that's nothing. Like, he did that to gain your, like he gave you one little morsel like there's so much more they trapped you she yeah. basically is like you have been you have fallen into a trap yeah um yeah so it was i, I really enjoyed i loved every single one of the ivy rebecca songs. oh yes every single one. they are my favorite frenemies i love them the back and forth between them anytime i get them together it's gonna be amazing and again as someone may have predicted uh, this frenemy thing there's going to be an alliance here soon it's brewing you saw oh, yeah. it on your own and having seen a couple episodes ahead of time uh rebecca and ivy are going to join forces eventually well we roll over the days uh yes. two times in these episodes yeah in yeah. one week we've got yeah. two days in one week this week it's yeah. crazy i, I, I was like, shocked at the i wasn't mad time. but they changed clothes twice that's what I'm saying, okay. because if we're in Halloween, we're about to get to Christmas very fast. I was like, okay. <laughs> they skip over Thanksgiving, if I if I remember correctly. They, they're moving right along. So it is now the next day, Rebecca and Julian's wedding day, y'all. Yep. So first of all, Teresa wakes up. This poor girl has PTSD, period. Yeah. Um, She's asleep. Ethan comes in. It's like giving her little kisses and caresses, Breakfast right? Breakfast in bed. Yeah. yeah, and she has a dream of waking up to Julian, and she screams, and Ethan's like, what, what? It's just me, it's just me. Um, So, I mean, I just wanted to note that because to me, that's like indicative of PTSD, but whatever. Yeah. Julian, bless. at the same time, is like having a dream <laughs> wherein Rebecca um, uh, testifies against him in court and says, he's the one that killed Sheridan, and then every everybody starts to beat him up in court. Lynch mob, yeah. Yeah, and so he wakes up, and he wakes up, and he is literally handcuffed to Rebecca, and he's got on an eye mask, and he thinks that his eyes have been gouged out because yeah. in his dream, that's what um, Ivy said. She's like, "We should gouge out his eyes so he could never look at another young girl again." And so and he wakes up, he's like, "Looking at like, my eyes, my eyes have been gouged out. I can't see anything." And Rebecca wakes up and is like, oh, you having a blindfold, silly, da-da-da-da, because she put it on him. Yeah. Because she didn't want him to see her before the wedding. She unlocks him, um, and he keeps the blindfold on. He's like, well, I have to get to the closet to get a change of clothes. And then he falls out the window. It's not important. Yeah. Nothing happens. It's just a gag. But yeah. I loved it. It was a great yeah, was sight cute. gag. Um, he falls out the window. Anyway. He ends up back in his library. Yeah. Um, so he goes back to the library. Um, he talks to Harper about the annulment papers. Harper's like, I'm going to have them sent over today. Julian calls Teresa and tells her, and she's like, what would you call me here? What would you, he's like, where else would I call you? Yeah. Um, and he says, you need to come over to the mansion. My thing was, why are we doing all of this at the mansion? 
doesn't the don't the cranes own a ton of properties in town can't yeah. they go to crane industries doesn't he have an office at crane industries can't they just go there they yeah. can go to the cannery they could go to the, ch the chicken coop they could go to the chicken coop they could go to the lobster shack yeah. okay they could go to the seascapes restaurant there's always they, places they own in the book town. cafe yeah i wouldn't say don't go to the book cafe because everybody goes to the book cafe, <laughs> right <laughs> Like you're gonna get caught in the book cafe for sure. Cool. Yeah, like yeah, no, don't go to youth center because you know we go to youth center. You gotta be careful about that. But honestly, sincerely though, sincerely yeah. though, why wouldn't you go to Crane Industries where you yeah. do work, where you have an office, where there's security, where you can tell security, hey, don't let Rebecca in here. Hey, don't let such an Ethan come in. Don't if somebody comes looking, tell them I'm not here. Yeah. Why would you? I, I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah. I just the whole time when they were like trying to get these annulment papers taken care of, it just was driving me crazy because they could have done this so easily. Yeah. Somewhere else. Why would you come to the to the 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 lion's den? Yeah. You know. But anyway, um. So, Teresa and Ethan go over to the mansion because Ethan was like, "I need to go over and check on my mom today," and if, originally Teresa was like, "I'm not gonna go because you know." Your mom hates me. She hates me. I don't want to deal with it this morning. She doesn't She doesn't need me over there right now. But then after she talks to Julian, she decides to go and she tells Ethan that she just wants um, Ivy to know that she's supporting her. You know, she's lying. This girl is... Lies are just flowing like yeah. water from a stream out of her mouth. Um, and so they go over to the, the mansion. Ethan goes upstairs to talk to Ivy. Teresa goes and talks to Julian and she's like where are the annulment papers I need to sign them now like nobody can see me in here nobody can see me talking to you he's like well you're a little premature uh, they're not here yet and since we have time to kill why don't you fulfill your conjugal wifely duties one last time this man has a death wish oh I know he's suicidal horrible. yeah she slaps him across the face, calls him a pig, of course. He's like, I'm and he says to her, and he sense. says to her, what's, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? Yeah. You need to be evaluated. He needs to be evaluated. He really does, because I'm like, how do you not know, how do you not pick up on that was all a mistake? Like, that you made that happen. She didn't want to do that. It was all in your head. Like, you... The thing the thing is, he has picked up on it. He knows that. He yeah. knows that for sure. There's yeah. no there's no question whether he knows, whether he thinks Teresa wants to be married to him and wants to have sex with him or not. There's no question about that. The issue is that he still keeps pressing her yeah. because he's disgusting and he's a predator. He's preying yeah. on her. And he knows that he has her, in a way, over a barrel, right? Because he could just blow the whole motherfucking thing up, mm -hmm. right? He really could. I mean... He he'd have to deal would with have Luis trouble. And, he'd have to yeah. deal with Rebecca, and he'd have to deal with Luis, and he'd have to deal with Ethan. But he he has been mulling over that idea for a while since they were in Bermuda. He's been like, we could just stay married and just run away together. He's yeah. been thinking that for a long yeah. time. So that's what, in his heart of hearts, if he can't have Eve, he would like to have Teresa. You know, and so I was just the whole thing disgusted it, it, me. Yeah. But I'm glad she slapped him. It was a good slap, too. Cosmic Tig. That is um, basically it. Yeah. Ethan has a conversation with Ivy. 
talking about this is important yes there's a promise that has been made yeah ethan has a conversation with ivy where um he tells her teresa's here she wants to make amends with you um she's really not the villain that you make her out to be and ivy says you know what i'll make a deal with you if she proves to be everything you claim she is and she doesn't have any secrets then i will put the past behind us i will treat her as a daughter but if she is withholding any info, any information at all, she says one secret, just one says, secret. She says any information at all. She is withholding that she gets her roots dyed. You like yeah. <laughs> you, you have to promise me that you will stop making excuses for her and break it off with her for good. And he begrudgingly agrees. He's like, because he believes in Teresa. He's an idiot, but he believes in Teresa. So that's pretty much it. You have anything to add? I was going to say, like, in Ivy's defense here, I know that she's slowly becoming more and more of a villain, even though we're still rooting for her. She did, I mean, if you're, if you, if you think your person, your, your kid's person is a liar, you're going to do anything to make sure that he recognizes that they are a liar. So Ivy's, she is, yeah. Ivy's not wrong. Yeah, she's not wrong. I mean, Ivy's not wrong. And anybody now, with half a brain cell, when they saw those annulment papers, would have immediately been like, oh, something fucking crazy is going yeah. on here. And on top of that, he wrote her a check. Yeah. He wrote her a check. For me, my brain goes to, that's hush money. Yes. All of that and... I just want to point out, yes, I'm t I'm talking about Ivy and giving her like, yeah, she she she's very right about all this stuff. But this is the kettle calling another pot black. I mean, it's like she is the Teresa and her have more in common than she'll ever know, um, because she's the one that is manipulating other things going on and all this other stuff and scheming to get Sam back. But what, why can she scheme to get Sam back and not her scheme to get Ethan back? So it is very frustrating. Like I see both sides. In a way, in a way, Ivy knows that she is right in her heart of hearts because Ivy is doing a lot of the exact same shit yeah. and has done. She knows, she knows the playbook. A game recognized game again. Like yes. I said with Hank being yeah. a criminal and recognizing that guy's a criminal. This woman is a liar. She yeah. recognizes another liar. <laughs> like, you know. Thank you for so, letting me find my thoughts because I was like, I know I'm trying to make a point. No, there you're it is. Right. It's just like Ivy and Teresa have a lot more in common than they'd ever know. Yeah, they they yeah. are they are two sides of the same coin. I, I actually they're the same side of one coin. <laughs> like they they are so similar. They are so they much justify alike. the choices that they make to get what they want, and, and then it's they all go in for the it. pursuit of love. Yes, right? it's all yeah. like I'm it's under that guise. I love mm -hmm. him, and and I'm doing this for his own good. Yeah, like that's what. Yeah. That's what Ivy's rational rationale is behind all of her shit with um, Sam. Oftentimes, she's like, "I know that Sam really, truly still loves me. He just doesn't. He just doesn't know it. I'm gonna help him understand. Yeah. He he he's actually in a loveless marriage. He may love Grace, but he he would love me more. Yeah. I'm doing this for him as a favor. And it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing with Teresa. It's like I, I'm." Except Teresa really sincerely is doing a lot of these things for Ethan. Like, yes. I'm going to have him reinstated as a crane. 
I don't think and that was for her. I think that was more for Ethan. I think she yes. really sincerely And some of these things it. are naive, like her being naive. There are mistakes, whereas uh, Ivy's very intentional. She is mm -hmm. very much more motivated towards, yeah. like, I know exactly what I'm doing to get what I, I want. Ivy's shit has not been by mistake. Yeah. It's been intentional. Yeah. yeah. Game recognized game. Um. So, anyway, let's move on to Shui, Sheridan, Diana. Dirty Diana, oh. <laughs> dirty Diana, oh. dirty, dirty Diana, bless a little heart. No, she, she's not dirty. She just lost, dazed, and confused. Poor mm. little baby. Poor little baby. So, okay. Luis, we pick up where Luis has hope that he will find Sheridan again and thinks she's still alive because he found that rose on his desk. And he says, it's a miracle. It has to be. I'm, I'm going to keep looking for her. Sam says, hey, buddy, maybe you should take a leave of absence. Yes, I agree with Sam. Yeah, you can't go right back to work, man. And and um, Luis protests. He's like, no, Sam, I, I can I can do it. I can work. And Sam's like, no, you know, this is a really high powered, high powered job, really high stress job. I would hate to see you do something in a moment where you don't have clarity and you ruin your career. Um, and <clears throat> so Sam insists this is for your own good. You have to take a leave yeah. of the absence. Um, then Beth comes in to visit Louise and he tells her about the rose that um, and says Sheridan's still alive. And then she tells him, Louise, I sent the rose. Yeah. Like, of course she did. Of course Beth did. And I don't know. I'm not going to say it's calculated at this point, but. Um, <laughs> Kind of feels like it because she says she that, says she knows that that rose meant something to Sheridan and Louise, and so like, yeah, I don't know. Send gardenias, send irises, and yeah, she was like, I just thought it would make you think of Sheridan and the good times that y'all shared. I saw you buying roses for her one time, so I knew it meant like roses were important between the two of you. Okay, but, but are, like, 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 okay, David Hastings, like, roses are important to a lot, like, you give roses all the time, so why would you pick that one particularly? But also, if you're going to send a flower, first of all, one singular rose, <laughs> second of all, second of all, send a note, put a note on it, mm -hmm. put a note. Yeah, who sends, yeah. It's, yeah, to me, to yeah. me, it's creepy to, to receive, it, I would be creeped out if I received one singular rose and no note. Yeah. Was I, also, on my desk. also, I would have been like, which got, which cop gave this to me? Because I would just assume it was somebody I was working with, not yeah. somebody else. So this deflates um, Luis. Of course, I'm going to have to run through this because I am in yes. agony. And my pain, like my side is in Let's agonizing do pain. Um, just for everybody out there, I hurt my back giving my niece and nephew piggyback rides and now I can bear I can't sit up straight for too long and I have like this ice pack on and it has melted and I Dang. am in pain so we have to speed run this. Um so um yes she says she sent the rose Luis is deflated um he decides to call the captain on Bermuda and be like because remember he called the captain in Bermuda to have them send out Sheridan's um, information in her picture. Yes. He calls the captain and is like, hey man, remember I told you to send out that fax? Don't do it anymore because there's no point. Sheridan's definitely dead. What what harm could it do? Just leave it going. It's not like 
I, I would assume that they stop on they want to stop, so just let it go. What harm would it do? Yeah. But the and the captain is like, oh well, it's too late. I already sent it out, and I'm sending it out to the last one now. And Luis is like, well, you might as well cancel it because it's Sheridan's dead. Click is done. Whatever. <laughs> um. Uh, Beth and Louise talk some more and she starts, she's like, I can really sympathize with you, Louise, because I know what it's like to lose someone I love. And he looks at her and he's like, oh, really? Who do you, who do you lose? <laughs> who? He looks at her, no, I'm with, no, I'm with Louise on this. He looks at her and goes, okay, who, oh, really? Who'd you lose? And then he realizes she's talking about him. Bitch, yeah. Sheridan is dead. Yeah. Louise broke up it's with the difference, yeah. Sheridan died yeah. in a yeah. fiery, flaming, hell, like, hellish way. Okay? Sheridan's blown to smithereens. And then I yeah. had to fucking have her cremated. We And we had to go over her body. And the only reason we even kind of <laughs> recognize her was from her dental records and her fingerprints. Like, hor this horrific... Bitch, you cannot compare. What me breaking up with you does not even begin to compare to me losing Sheridan the way I lost Sheridan. But Louise is not as indignant about it as I am. Louise looks at her and is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, yeah. I didn't realize. I never knew what you went through back then. She not going through what you going through. Yeah, no, I know. She did not go with you. Yeah, she did not right. go through what you are going through. She, th she went through a breakup, which we all go through. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not significant. Yeah. In this in this context, it's not significant. No, I appreciate that because now that you made me real visualize the ending of Jaws, where it just blows up, I'm like, oh wow, that's what that's what he thinks happened to. Sheridan. That's basically what happened to Sheridan. Yeah. And so anyway, he asks her, "Do you think you ever get over losing the person you love?" And she looks at him and says, "No, I don't think so." These two people are having the weirdest fucking conversation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just like, what kind of conversation is this? First of all, Beth is talking about, I know what it's like to lose somebody you love in reference to Sheridan dying and her breaking up with Louise. And then he asks her, do you think you'll ever get over losing somebody you love? Except he's the one she lost. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's yeah. standing there like, do you think you'll ever get over me? And she says to him, no. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But um, this is the direction we're going. Fine. Well, Passions is going to Passions, too, because that fax is on its way to Bermuda or, or St. Lisa's or wherever the hell we're at. And then it is St. Lisa's Island. Shout out to yes. Lisa's. Yes, there you go. And so it's, it's on its way over there. And he says, nah, never mind. I think she's dead. And they're like, oh, cool. I'll cancel this fax I'm about to send. Where Sheridan is waiting to, or Diana is waiting for this. And again, this is so annoying. This is exhausting and it's going to last forever. Is that Sheridan is like, uh, Diana is sitting there going, maybe this one piece of paper will tell me where I'm from. And it just is annoying. She is so irritated. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to finish up with Luis. Okay. And and Beth and Hank because we'll I have like the, two more notes and then we'll go and to we'll the go to because, because okay. frankly this this regression of Sheridan's is very irritating. Yes, um, it is. So later, after the whole conversation between him and Beth, Louise is talking to Hank, and and they're at the site of the um, Bennett home construction yeah. home, and uh, he says to Hank, you know, I know that you don't like David, but something about 
his presence is giving me hope. So now we're back to maybe Sheridan is alive, but you've had them cancel the facts. I know, so it's very annoying. He comes back, so he's back, circled back to, I mean, maybe a miracle happened, maybe Sheridan's alive. Um, he says David's situation, having found grace after all these years, gives him some hope about his situation with Sheridan. Um, later at the at the book cafe, um, Beth gets a phone call and she starts crying. She's like, "What? No, what?" And then she, Louise asks her what's wrong. She says, "My dreams and life have been destroyed." I was intrigued. I was like, "What the hell is going yeah. on?" And uh, I was wondering what it was. I thought it might have had something to do with Edna, but it didn't. Not um, yet. <laughs> not yet. So, oh, Bethany. <laughs> you little trap. <laughs> Harlot. Ooh, Edna is horrible. So, um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yes. So she explains to Luis that her father had left her a boat and yeah. that she had been using the boat, like chartering it out. Um, and she was doing it through this agency. But the last person who chartered the boat didn't bring it back. Didn't it bring got, it back. It, it, there's two, this it gets convoluted. Story. There's yeah. two things that happen. One is she had a boat. Uh, it, it, it was being rented out. They rented it from this agency. The agency uh, let it out to somebody. They never brought it back. It was stolen. Then the police, if they, if she gave the police enough money, they'd go find it. So it means that the police there are corrupt. And so they went and found it. And now they have it, um, and it's got some issues with it, but they have it, and she needs to come get it or not. They're going to get rid of it. And That's for some it. reason, it's at Liz's establishment. She's yes. got it docked at. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, somebody has to go get the boat. Beth says, I can't go get the boat. I literally just got back from this three-month trip up the coast of New England taking pictures with my photography club. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's like, I can't do it. Louise says, you know what? Actually, I can go and get it because yes. Sam is making me take a leave of absence. She says, I can't make you do that. It's in the worst possible place. And she says, it's in Bermuda. I can't make you go back to the place where you lost Sheridan. And he says to her, you know what? Maybe this will be a good way for me to gain some closure, go back and, you know, close that chapter for for good. Um, That's not exactly what he says. Let me see if but I yeah, can. But he it, says, yeah. He said, there it is. He says, maybe he can go back, do it, and maybe go into Bermuda again will help him find peace. And I close the chapter because that, that misconstrues it because he doesn't yeah. want to close the chapter. He wants to find peace. So um, the next day, Luis tells Hank about the boat and all the things and he's going to Bermuda and that he's doing this to help Beth. To, and he says he's doing it to help make up for how hurt she was when they broke up. And Hank says, I know another way you can make it up to her. You could start dating her again. Yeah. Hank, baby, it's been yeah. three days. It's been three days. It's yeah. been three days. Yeah. It's too soon, buddy. Too soon. And Louise tells him as much, basically. He says, I'm not ready to let go. I'm not ready to let it let Sheridan go. Um, and then Beth brings Louise all the info about the boat and he heads out to Bermuda. This is when we go over to the island. Yeah. Sheridan is looking forward to this emergency fax. She's like, oh. Maybe this fax is going to tell me about who I am and who's looking for me. There's a man that loves me out there somewhere. 
Like, I don't know. For me, my first thought would not be to be like, do I have a boyfriend? It would be like, where is my mother? Yes. Yeah. Where is my father? Yeah. Do I have parents who love me? (laughs) I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird that like her, the only thing she ever brings up is like somewhere there's a man who loves me. There's a man that loves me. It's like, okay. It's very, yeah. It's and odd. It, it will not stop either. It's going to be like this for a good long while. It's just odd writing. Yeah. Um, so she's looking forward to this emergency fax. She starts seeing flashes of a man and she says, he loves me and I love him too. And she's like, I really want to remember my life. And she keeps getting the, all these flashes of Luis. She can see his face. She knows what he looks like. She can't figure out his name. Sorry, excuse me. Then... Diana talks with Brian for a little bit and thanks him for being so supportive of her and talks about how much she and and this man loved each other. Brian, of course, his face looks cracked. Like, he just is, like, not into this. Um, My issue with Brian, which I have stated multiple times at this point. I've heard. (laughs) But my issue issue with Brian, again, is, and, and I talked about this a little bit more with my niece earlier today. He likes her for because she's beautiful and a blank slate. Yeah. It's and it's I I th- and I was thinking about it, I was like it's like the sexy baby kind of trope. He likes yeah. her because she's like a sexy baby. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's disgusting. Think of it like that. But like have you ever have you ever heard about that like in the yeah. trope of like you know she's she is a fully grown woman but she got the brain the mind of a fucking child yeah you know I'm not saying that Diana has the mind of a child but she doesn't know anything about herself yeah she doesn't know herself at all he, he, so in that way she is like a child oh but he's also very um it's not the manip- manipulative is not the word but he does make her trying to find her identity way harder like he does not help like he is he exacerbates these situations in which you you like how is she ever going to find out who she is when he's like don't worry about it like just live here like just yeah here yeah he's like you're one of us now yeah he, he wants her and i get that like you're attracted to her fine but like you are like your goal is to never never help her find this out and it's really awful it's really it's bad. horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. So the fi- the fax finally comes through, and it's a blank page because the transmission was canceled. Liz is like, "Don't worry, I'll call." She calls and she says, "They tell her, oh, the fax was a mistake, so there's nothing to see." Diana is devastated, of course, um, yeah. and she's still just trying to remember this man, this man, and then she gets a flash of her grieving Luis in the crane archives when he got electrocuted yes and she's like i know he died he was dead i was holding him in my arms she says no one no one is looking for me because the man that loved me is dead and brian is like well you she's like i have no one and brian's like you have me diana and he says um you know you're not much different from the other people here on this island we all left our old lives behind you may feel lost but you'll never feel alone again you're one of us now. No, no, she's not. Y- y'all ran away from your lives. This lady doesn't know anything. She did about not her choose to do this exactly. And you know, it's gonna drive me crazy because this this is gonna get cemented into Diana's mind is that Luis or this person is dead, 
And it's like, but you're only getting flashes. Like, do you remember? Do you, did you remember going to a funeral? Do you remember going? Like, you need to. You you gotta take, and you're getting them in. They're not uh, in order, right? Segmented. So like, yeah. Yes. So then, how are you going to just say like, okay, yeah, that's scary, that's freaking out, but if you have hope that somebody knows you and somebody out there knows who you are, then why wouldn't you have hope? Hope that that this person's out there or somebody else is out there like to just give up it's really annoying well what bothered me what bothered me too was that later on she starts having flashes because liz is like um okay liz talks to brian is like oh diana can stay here forever now um how are you and you said you were gonna pay for her how are you gonna pay for her i'm so happy liz says this shit because i I, how yeah brian just needs to walk around and do whatever he wants to there. It's bullshit. He's taking advantage of Liz. Yes. He's taking advantage of Liz. I, uh, there's so many reasons I don't like Brian. And one of the reasons is because he knows Liz likes him. Yep, he, he does. He knows Liz yep. has romantic feelings for him. And he uses that to his advantage and takes advantage of her and uh, and doesn't pay her. Liz, he's, he's, he is... A fuckboy. He's a fuckboy. Have, have, have you ever heard the phrase hobosexual? No, <laughs> no. Explain it. A man, a man who will basically shack up with a woman because she has a home, but like he doesn't really like oh. her. But he's, he's like dating her, so he'll have somewhere to stay because he has, yes, doesn't have anywhere to stay. That's exactly. That's what kind that is. of what he's basically a homosexual, except he's not having sex with her. But yeah. um, yeah. So <laughs> he um says to her, you know, I'm going to pay the bills. She says, how? The last yeah. time you went out fishing, you didn't make any money. You, you, and you aren't going fishing today. You're just trying to, you're just sitting around trying to hook up with Diana. And then she says, you know what? I have a way that you can start to pay off your debts. And she takes him down to the boat, which turns out to be Beth's boat. Um, And she's like, you see, it's in bad shape, but you can fix it up. And then Diana's like, I can help too. <sighs> And so they she's insufferable. I I love Sheridan. I hate Diana. So once they yeah, once they get on the boat, Sheridan starts having flashes of her and Luis on the boat in Bermuda. Yeah. Which is why I was frustrated with the whole, oh, the guy I love is dead. Like you said, it's not in order. Now you're now you're also having flashes of you on a boat and you were lost. Maybe he's fine. Yeah. Maybe he fainted. You don't know he's dead. Maybe he washed yeah. up on another yeah. island too. You know what I mean? And yeah. lost his memory too. Yeah. Or yeah. Whatever. What have you? Or maybe you know? Maybe he's in a coma. Maybe he's alive, but you know, yeah. in the hospital can't get to you. Whatever. What have you? But anyway, um, basically, eventually, um, she's devastated because she lost such a prolific love. Um, the next day, Liz catches Brian, like, waiting for, waiting for Diana, um, for breakfast, and she warns him, saying, that girl is not one of us, and she will eventually leave here, and you will be hurt. Um, that's basically it. Diana has a dream of reuniting with Louise, um, and then they work on the boat some more, and we find out that the boat is Liz's, uh, the boat is actually Beth's boat, so, um, so Luis is on his way to Bermuda, but y'all already know he is not going to see Sheridan. I'm, I'm I, like, I'm not even gonna act like, oh maybe, oh maybe. But I already- perhaps, uh, no, <laughs> it's not no. At all. 
It's not in the cards. Y'all already know he's gonna go. They're gonna have multiple, like. Will they? Won't calls. they? Will they see each other? Will they not? Oh, They're gonna coming. have multiple close calls. He's not gonna really see Brian. He might see him from the back. He's not gonna understand. He's not gonna recognize him. It's like it, he's not gonna see Sheridan. They're not gonna. You're not gonna get me, Passions. You're not gonna get me. Period. No. So, and or they... what if? What if? Now I do have a. What if he does see Sheridan, but thinks it's a hallucination? Now I I would not put that past. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't put that past. Um, Passions yeah. because he has been having hallucinations of Sherry. Yes. So he'll probably he probably he might see her for real. Have you ever seen uh, Fievel Goes West? Uh huh. And you know there's a there's a time when Fievel and Tiger are out in Aww. the desert, separated, and they've been looking for each other, and it's been hot and they're dehydrated. And they've been having mirages, and Fievel sees Tiger. And Tiger sees Fievel, and they're both so excited. They start running towards each other. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so excited to see you. And you're just a mirage. And as they walk past each other, they go, Hi, Mirage of Fievel. Hi, Mirage of Tiger. But it was really them. Yeah. But it was really them. It's going to be like that. I didn't rewatch that. Yeah. Fievel Goes West is so good. I, I, I like that one more than I like. American, American Tale. Me too. Yeah. I mean, the best part of American Tale is somewhere oh. out there, which is Sheridan Luis's story right now. That's what's yeah. happening. Beneath the pale moonlight. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all, I got to get off here because my side is cramping up because I'm old. I got back problems now. So, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Eric, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you? Uh, I'm Mr. Eric Veda on everything. Um, my hope, I, I, I am playing with the idea of bringing back a podcast that I had a long time ago. Um, so if that happens, you all will be the first to know. Um, but yes, Mr. Eric Veda on everything. Yes, for sure. If you put get a podcast going, we'll of course put a little clip in the episode for you for other people to find you for sure so that would be very cool let me know all right everybody remember you can catch me on all the social medias with the exception of twitter y'all i ain't been out there forever (laughs) um i have given up on twitter um or x whatever the fuck um but you know just check the link in the description if you want to join the patreon if you want to buy merch if you want to you know follow the youtube channel whatever what have you and with that you are my passion for life